Let's start the show. It's May 26, 2011. Welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. I'm Will Smith. Joining me today, we have a full virtual room here today. Norman Chan to my left wearing a giant robot shirt, I believe. No, it's um, it's a Diesel Sweeties shirt. Oh, that's a they, Diesel Sweeties? Are, the Crush All Humans? Yeah, there are robots robot. on it. They are not giant. Um, yeah. They look I like, like giant shirt. robot shirts. It looks, it's the same kind of design as the giant robot robot. No, it's a red, red robot world domination. Win, that's win, what it is. Winning the t-shirt wars today, Gary Widow with his oh, Kirk man. and his ladies shirt. It's my, my pimpin' Kirk. So that's, I love this shirt. One because it's Kirk, uh, and and ladies, and the um, traditional captain's chair with the in, pedestal. In, yes, the classic captain's chair pose. It immediately yeah. evoked this image I have, uh, a photo that I took wow, years ago in the exact same pose. Well, where mirror imaged, a little bit mirror image, but like not even intentionally. So I know Matt, you can't see this, but uh, it's a nor photo. can any of our listeners. Yes. No, we just got a podcast image though, right out of that, the back. That is a yeah. podcast image. Yeah, yeah. I want to send this, uh, but I'm in the exact same pose as. Uh, Gary's, you know, I'm gonna take a photo. I think oh, maybe you God. can do a comparison. While Norm is yeah. wasting time with his camera and his internet, I'm gonna ask Gary how you're doing. Pretty I'm good. I'm doing good. Okay. Happy you're to be looking here. Looking healthy. As, as, thank you. You got a nice. You got a little color. You've been oh, have the I? Sun? Yeah. Well, it's been quite sunny lately. It's been very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I get out much, but speaking of people who don't get out much, joining us from the uh, Great Northland, uh, Matt Braga, our virtual Canadian. I'll have you know that it's actually been quite sunny here for the past week. How, about how sunny would you say it has been? It, it, first of all, that was a poorly formed sentence. Um, I, I don't know, not too bad. What, what was you the, know? what was the, hold on, what was the problem with that? Uh, there was, there was some sort of weird, I, I don't know, I can't remember now. Up what there you said. in it the frozen tundra of the great white north. Uh, how are you doing, Matt? I'm doing okay. Not bad. Can't you, complain. Any seals or anything? Mooses? Moose attack? No, no meese, no, no geese. Meese. Okay. No meese. We have Canada geese here, which is, I guess, means Canada they're geese? inappropriately named. Yeah, do they call them Canada geese? We call them Canada geese. It's not like they're, oh. they're in Tennessee oh. and they're all of a sudden Tennessee geese. I guess they got the uh, the hockey going up right now. It's very exciting oh, for, yeah. the, for the Canadians. Yeah, the, uh, God damn you Canucks, Canucks. Yeah, so the so the Vancouver oh. uh, Vancouverans or whatever the hell they're called just knocked uh, <laughs> Vancouverians just knocked out local team, the San Jose Sharks, out of the standing right. The Sharks have never won a championship. You know, it's kind of, isn't it kind of weird that that San Jose even has a hockey team? How do they have these hockey? Franchises in these in these sunny places. It doesn't well, make sense because to they me. have a ring. Florida, you know, we Tampa used to have a hockey Bay. team too. Uh, really, San Francisco Spiders. Wow, that's a terrible name. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, like Florida and LA have these hockey franchises. It just seems like the kind yeah. of thing where, where you know, hockey is a it seems to be locked into a certain kind of climate. Well, you know, what's even weirder is San Jose has a curling team. I like curling. <laughs> that's one of the few uh, sports during the Winter Olympics that I like to watch. I love to watch curling with the brooms. Yes, it's great. It feels like an obsessive compulsive kind of sport. It's you know because it because it involves brooms, yeah. it gets ridiculed a lot. Yeah, but once you actually understand the rules, it's really good. It's sport. a fantastic sport. Oh my god, the San Francisco Spiders are actually based in Daly City. Wow, Matt, yeah. do you do curl? Do they do like do they do curling during PE in in Canadian elementary school? No, you you need facilities for that, and we did not have facilities for that. Mm. So, what are the sports they make you play up up in Canada? 
Newport. I mean, it's pretty, pretty, pretty standard stuff. I mean, we played basketball, although I wasn't very good at it. And we did some ball hockey, some soccer. Uh, uh, do Canadians playing basketball aspire to be part of like the, like the NBA of Canada? Hey, like, keep in mind, we used to have two franchises. We had the Vancouver Grizzlies, too. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I wow. know. That was ages ago, though. Sports. Ages. Yeah. We're out of our element. Yeah. I, let's just get right to the news. There's a lot, <laughs> lot of stuff happening this week. Uh, well, the big, the big story, and this is going to hurt you, Gary. I apologize in advance because I don't know if you're going to be able to handle this. Well, there's Mac malware now. No, I knew about it. Okay. How, how does it make you feel? Angry? Sad? Upset? I actually said to Norm prior to the, uh, the podcast when we were discussing it um, that I'm actually surprised there isn't more Mac malware than there really is. Because of the increasing market, market share of the Apple? Well, I mean, I don't think the market share has really grown that much. Isn't it always kind of hovering around 10%? I mean, well, it was 4% 10 years ago. Okay, so, so it's, it's definitely it's doubled. But it's still, change. you know, I guess the argument has always been that. Uh, if you're going to go to the time and effort to write a virus, yeah, uh, then you may as well write it for the one that's going to – presumably, if you're the kind of person that's in the business of writing viruses, you want to annoy as many people as possible. But isn't it more or fun steal from as many people to as annoy possible. like the, the Apple hipsters? Well, this is what I'm saying is that even though it's only 10%, there's obviously so much hatred and resentment out there in the world for people that are into Apple. As, as an Apple fan, I put up with a lot of shit from – People, who people I heard somebody threw a milkshake at you on people, the street the other people day. People who think it's cool and, and trendy to 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 knock us. Yeah. Uh, so it would seem like you know even though there aren't that many of us, we are we'd be considered high value targets. So okay. I'm surprised there isn't more malware out there for that reason. Well, I mean, I think I think that there's a like there's a pretty big there's a pride thing I think probably in that community to be the first person who writes the the first big. Apple, Mac worm, OS X worm. You got to remember, you still got to do something stupid, right? You've still got to see the link that says, "Oh, you yeah. won't, you won't believe what this girl is doing." Well, just click on this link and do do do, and you click on it. Like maybe maybe us Mac users are just too smart to fall for that shit. Well, so, so it's not, not worth it. So that's a valid point. So the way you get infected with this is you you have to be running OS X, you have to be running Safari on OS X, which I don't. Uh. I mean, does anybody here actually use Safari? I don't. No, but I know a lot of people who own MacBooks. I would imagine just okay, by just by so. virtue of it being the default browser, much like Probably. Explorer is on PC, it's yeah. the it's the most popular choice. Um, and you have to have the, the the mistake that Apple's made in this is that the default for whatever I think it's a zip file, right? Uh, I, that I it comes so. packaged as the default. It automatically opens, and once it opens, and you present with the installer thing, and from Drag there it's all downhill. And the I, you know, I have file. I have contempt, obviously, as we all should, for the kind of people that create this kind of malware. But I of think course. this is these are the lowest of the low. The people that create malware that's actually actually masquerading as anti malware, which is what this is, right? It's co- it's called Mac Defender or Mac Protector or some nonsense like it's, that. Uh, yeah. So you think you're protecting your Mac, but you're actually. I don't, you're actually da- endangering it in the very way that you're trying to protect it against. I, I don't really feel like I'm in a position to judge the relative merits of different malware creators. I, I feel like they're all pretty <laughs> low. I mean, just just to be clear, I think no, they're I bad mean, they're people. All, in they're general. all scum. I'm just yeah. saying this is the lowest form of scum. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, Apple after telling the the help desk the Genius Bar people, apparently it's in the terms of service of the of the Genius Bar. Uh, you know, to not help remove malware or viruses, right? Which is, right. I mean, that seems like it's a little less helpful. Than I generally, uh, generally hope uh, the 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 genius bar is going to be. But so, so, I, 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 so can, I guess the view I guess is, I see that. is there some kind of Orwellian thing going on there where you because of the nature of Apple, like they don't want to admit. So it's it is impossible. <laughs> Uh, for you to have malware because there is no such thing as Mac malware. I don't think Apple's ever come out and said that, though. We have always been at war with Eurasia. <laughs> I thought it was Oceania. Yeah, but I mean, I've heard geniuses at the Genius Bar actually say, hey, buy a Mac because you won't get viruses like on Windows. Like, mm. it's something that 
I've heard more than one genius say. So even if it's not official wow. Apple, it's a stance that a lot of the geniuses themselves seem to take. Okay, wonder, but first I, of all, let's not call them geniuses because I really hate the idea of Apple owning that word now. Like when you when you get into um, when you go through there, you know why switch to a Mac or why yeah. a Mac is better literature, which they you know have up on the website. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if they do they have to be more careful now about their wording because they used to just say you just don't get viruses on Macs, but obviously you can. You're much less likely to, but I wonder if they have to be more careful in how they make that sales point now. I you know I think I think a lot of that sales point went away in the post XP SP two world too. Like the big problem, the, the big, the big, when Microsoft had the worst problems was when SP, pre SP2, when XP was basically Swiss cheese and just like, you know, you'd, you'd put an un, un, you'd put a, a new machine out on the internet with no firewall and it would be infected in like six minutes. Yeah. I think a lot of that has, has, I mean, that, that, a lot of that has definitely gone away. And as a result, a lot of that stuff has, has become less of a problem. Well, and, and, I mean, in a you, Windows 7 world, it's kind of like, I, I don't run, uh, active antivirus. I just scan once or twice a month. Well, that was going to be my question. You don't if you, you have don't Windows Seven. No, you don't feel like it's necessary to, to have Windows Defender or no. Uh, I don't download shit from pirate Security sites. Essentials running in the background. What if someone wants to share an album with you and one of the files was a virus? I don't pirate music. Well, sharing that's piracy. Okay. Pi- well, sharing well, is piracy. Well, yeah. You just well, keep your nose clean. Sample. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't. I don't do anything that I don't See, put there, myself in situations where I'm going to be in. There is there is a weird kind of justice in that, and that virus people that get hit by viruses are often people who are you know kind of hanging around in the shady corners right. of the internet anyway. But where, is it better to be safe if you're going to download keyloggers? It, it shit, does, you're I mean, get infected. no, no, no. I, I, I understand run with UAC that. on. But isn't it better just to be safe? You Maybe run UAC on like which level? The the don't bother me level, the automatically approved the pro- level. The problem is, and I think we are past this now, but as well said, back in the bad old days when I used to run like Norton antivirus and stuff, it was actually more trouble than it was worth. It was a massive yeah. resource hog. It would actually stop me from doing a lot of things that I wanted to do. Well, and, and every time, yeah, you freak, always turn on the computer and it's like, oh, you need to update your virus definitions. Oh, oh your subscription is going to yeah. run out in 65 I, I think, days. I think you were yeah. foolish not to run at least... Microsoft Security Well, Security Central is running. I just don't have the active thing running in the background. Because I don't want things to take more resources. It's very, very few resources. My On my gaming PC, I have Security Essentials, Defender, and all that stuff. That is, that's always there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got it. And it's good. It's, but, it's good enough. That, that's the difference is that, you know, on a, even, even, in, even in the days of increased security on Windows 7, you still, I think most people still sensibly would at least run those basic programs on a Mac. There's nothing like that. You don't need to run anything like that as long as you don't do anything stupid. Right. I mean, then that, that, that's what it boils down to. Don't download – like if you – if all of a sudden an installer pops up and says, hey, you should install me and you, don't, you didn't click a link to download that, right. then don't, don't install and you'd be, it. You'd be surprised how people don't know different, the difference between like uh, malware and, and a phishing scam. Like well, it's, it's two sides of the same coin. A lot of right, the but a lot. I mean, you don't have to have any, malware any, fish, on your computer. Phishing is not format specific. Anyone can be anyone. Like, it's tricked by phishing, right? Yeah. Right. right. But, so, but, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say I'm actually looking at the Mac literature right now, and there's two things. One, I like how at the very top of the page, uh, it now says Mac OS X doesn't get PC viruses. First of all, OS ten or OS ten. Sorry, I always do that. OS X doesn't get PC viruses, which I think is an interesting distinction. And if you scroll all the way to the bottom, it now says security advice. The Mac is designed with built-in technologies, blah, blah, blah. However, since no system can be 100% immune from every threat, antivirus software may offer additional protection. See, so they do have to hedge it a little bit more. I think they've days. always hedged it, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't – I mean, we could hit the Wayback Machine and go see, but yeah. I, I think that they've always hedged. That I, PC I, virus thing is such, such – it's, it's such a cop-out. It's, yeah. it's marketing rhetoric. Doesn't get PC viruses. Also, it doesn't get PC apps. 
Right. Yeah. The only ones Mac apps. <laughs> would you would you be confident in saying though that with, with these days with Windows Seven and if you're running basic stuff like security essentials, that you are as safe these days as you are on a Mac? If your behavior was the same on both machines, I, I don't think it's safe to say that because there's there's such a higher threat level on the Windows platform than right. there is on the yeah. OS Ten platform. Right. That that you know one you make one poor choice on Windows and and whether you're running security essentials or not you can become infected. Like I said, stuff. I'm just surprised that there's not more of a targeted effort for Mac consumers just because a lot of people hate Mac owners and they want to annoy them <laughs> and because it would be a great it would really damage Apple you know if there was a big story like oh my god Mac Mac owners have really been hurt by this virus that would really damage Apple. Well, I mean the the other side of it is the the goals for people who are who are writing viruses and malware for machines now are different than they were ten years ago. For ten ten years ago it was a hey look. I wrote this awesome worm. It's a it's a kind of perverse pleasure in fucking over as many people as possible. Right uh, now, you're talking about like organized crime out of Russia trying to harvest credit card numbers and build a giant botnet. Out of so, Romania, yeah. Or, those guys are about volume rather yeah, than ideology. Yeah, like they're they're yeah. not they don't care about Mac versus PC bullshit. Right. right. They just want to they want to you know have a giant low earth low orbit ion cannon. Yeah. That's probably not the right <laughs> example here. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a it's an interesting problem. I, I mean, it's going to continue to get worse. I I really hope. I mean, the the thing that annoys me about the malware stuff on the PC side is literally like I I, I wrote I wrote this a year. One of the first things I wrote for tested, I wrote it for Max PC. Like the safer computing rules. If you don't do the things that I say, don't download key uh, key gens. Don't go to piracy sites. Don't download pirated software. Don't steal music or video uh, over BitTorrent. And be careful about the porn sites you visit. You're not going to get infected with Gen- stuff. Again, generally, the shadier your behavior, right. just like in real life, the shadier your behavior, right. the more risk you expose yourself to. Right. If you're going to engage in prostitution, go to the high class place. Don't pull up in the dark alley and uh, you know down by the crack dealers. Good life lesson. Yeah. Uh, or maybe just don't or engage in prostitution. That would be the smarter yeah. way to handle this. Even one. better. Yeah. I mean – I guess if you have to not engage in prostitution. But I guess part of the story this week was that we reached some kind of tipping point where Apple did something that they, I guess, haven't done before, which is actually put up a support page on their website saying, this, this, this is a p- yes, we acknowledge this piece of malware and here's how to get rid of it. That's, yeah. that's, kind of, that's n- I mean, new for Apple. And the nice thing is it's an, easy, it's an easy remove. You kill the processes that are affected. I mean, this is, this is really analogous to like 2001 malware on, on PC because back then you just – everybody was, everything was running the same process. You looked for the process name. You killed the right process and then you deleted the files from the startup scripts and, and, and everything was better. Right. Uh, you know, the, that will escalate quickly. And, and, you know, I mean, at first it will become changing the name of the process so that it's not the same thing every time. So the documents become harder and harder and harder and harder. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I think that this is just part, something that's going to happen. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, people should be smart. And the things that I wrote about safer computing for Windows also apply to OS 10. You know, just don't, don't engage in risky behaviors and you'll be fine. Right. Uh, any any other uh, and oh and Apple the the thing that annoyed me about the Apple support blog post was the Mac fanboys as represented by Gruber as it t- typically <laughs> is the case uh, he said measure twice cut once which is what carpenters say you know when you're when you're building something that, that with wood yeah you you are supposed to measure everything twice and then then make the cut so that you don't so you catch well, your mistake means before make it's sure too late. you know what you're doing yeah. before you do it yeah. and that you won't make a mistake. That's that's bullshit in this case. I mean, I, the the fix for this has been well established for a week at this point. Almost. Well, now you say avoid all risky behavior, but it is possible to just be fooled. Like if I get an email yeah. saying, "Here's a free piece 
of anti-malware, which is what happened with this Mac Defender yeah. thing. I don't have to hang out in a shady corner of the internet. That's a shady dude crossing the but, street to come talk to me. But take, and, I, and now I've got to just be careful to not be tricked by yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> but a avoiding shady behavior is make sure you're running uh, mail that's spam filtered and virus filtered on the server side. Right. So in theory, if you're running on Gmail, they should have started filtering this out very quickly. Right. Um, you know, because those messages are easy to detect. Right. Uh, the other side of it is don't open fucking email attachments from strangers. If you if somebody didn't say, hey, I'm sending you some pictures of my kid, don't open the attachments. Right. I mean, my father, who I love dearly, sends me probably six WMV videos a week. I haven't opened one of them. Yeah. Like if you're if you want to share videos with people, all that shit's on YouTube. Just send a YouTube leak. Don't send a giant attachment. Right. But if <laughs> I never ever send a giant but attachment. But if I get a nice shiny well-designed html email saying hey here's a great new piece of software and it look and it looks legit multiple choice question gary there are there are many people that would that will fall for that and do fall for it free lunches are a a real thing that happens frequently to everyone b a real thing that is usually an entreaty to do something else for the person who's offering the free lunch c none of the above or d a trap yes yeah which one is it c and d yeah okay all the, ba- all, all, the, all the bad ones. Yeah. There's, there's no such thing as a free lunch. No such thing Economics as a free lunch. Economics 101. Yeah. Well, you somebody say, wants something. You say that, but there is plenty of legitimate free software out there, and this is masquerading as one of those things. But that's a different thing. I mean, and, and to find the good free software, there are awesome sites like tested.com to help guide you into sites <laughs> but that. But how are, do I know you're legit? Well, do you trust you me? You could be shady. You ask you look, me for advice look, on everything. You look quite shady. Well, yeah, but that's I don't. True. Yeah, but I disregard most of it because oh, I don't trust Fair you. enough. Okay. Well, then, you know, go download.com and get their certified virus-free malware. malware oh, here's, here's, free, a, here's uh, a good software. one. Generally, if you're on some kind of site yeah. where there's all kinds of fake, large, colorful, flashing download buttons yeah. that, that are trying to masquerade as the button yeah. that actually you want to click on to yeah. get the thing you're trying to get to, yes. that's yeah. probably not a good place to be hanging out that, at. Good, good point. Or alter, alternately, if you go to a site and all of a sudden it says, hey, there are singles in your area who want to meet you. <laughs> Also, not a good site. Yeah, adult but friend how fighter. Does it always know my location because uh, your IP address tells yeah. exactly where you live. Well, I, I know. There's someone I know. T- two miles away. Yeah, in in Dally, in Dally yeah. City. Yeah. <laughs> how does it know I'm single? Yeah, it just assumes you're. On Generally, the internet, if it's the, if it's if it's the same picture of the, <laughs> the, the same three pictures of women that apparently live right around the corner from you, no matter yeah. where you log Super in. Super hot women too. That's probably a bit dodgy. Yeah, and if I was they're, paranoid. They're, I think they were following me. They are. They, well, you know, you know the rule, right? If they know your zip code and your and your age, they can tell who you are within like a t- eight to ten people. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So think about that every time you sign up for something that asks your zip code and your birthday. It'd be scarier yeah. if you actually recognize one of them. <laughs> hey, that's my wife. Yeah. What the fuck, Gina? <laughs> can we talk about the Lodzis patent trolling for a little bit? This is a, some more kind of Mac. Mac. We're, we'll get all the Mac stuff out of the way up front. If you don't want to hear about it's Mac kind stuff, of a just feel good story. Hang on. Yeah, so Lodsys, Lodsys, Lodsys is a patent troll. Uh, everybody has licenses with them because they patented uh, uh, in-app sales, right? They they have a patent, a broad uh, application patent on selling things to people inside the context of an application, which is bullshit. Uh, iOS apps or all kinds of mobile apps, uh, anything. So they have a they have a pa- like anytime you go into a video game and buy a DLC. Microsoft or EA or whoever probably has a patent with Lodzis for doing that. Same thing for Android, same thing for iOS, same thing for Palm, same everybody that has uh, in-app sales is is oh. Is that legit? Did they really invent this technology? Uh, some, should they be profiting from it? So some well, 
this is a larger conversation, which we can have. I mean, it's a it's a good thing to talk about. This is this is when people say software patents are bullshit. This is the type of thing they're talking about. Mm. Because basically what a dude, an inventor guy did was five or ten years ago said, hey, you know, one day you'll be able to buy stuff from inside applications. We should, you know, I should patent that. So he wrote a broad application patent and then sold it to this other company, Lodsys, for probably a fairly substantial amount of money. And then that company just started going out and hitting up companies that they thought had a lot of money. And it's one of those situations where it's probably easier for Amazon or Apple or Google or whoever to just say – you know, we're just going to pay these guys. They only want yeah. like $100,000 a year or $20,000 a year or whatever. I don't know what the, the financial Well, it, it works both is. ways. It's like Amazon owns the one-click patent. Right. It's oh, uh, no doubt. Extremely yeah. valuable. Right. And it's also a kind of a bullshit patent. It is now, when you patent bullshit. when you patent something like that, are you just patenting the idea or does there have to be some kind of code base or some technology that, it depends. that forms the patent? It depends on what kind of software. There's different kinds of patents. I'm not an expert on this. Maybe we could get somebody. Matt, do you know anything about this stuff? It's both. Um, it's also sorry. more about the follow through and, and what type of products you're developing with it, um, and you have to actively defend it. No, no, no. And, that, well, that's different. That's copyright. No, nope. patents too. Well, you have to actively defend patents, yes. But, but the, the, basically, there's two types of patents. There's application patents, and there's and there's uh, 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 intellectual uh, property. Uh, yeah, I mean, anyway, the yeah. upshot is <laughs> if you have an idea for something and nobody else has patented it, it's relatively easy to patent it. Um, and because of the way our patent system works, instead of instead of the patent clerks who are filling out – who are v- evaluating these applications sitting and saying, oh, this is a dopey thing that shouldn't be able to be patented because it's just common sense. Right. They just approve everything and then it's up – they let the courts work it out. Um, so for example, something like the DVR. TV, TiVo has a broad application patent for time-shifting – uh, TV using uh, you know video playback technology, right. right? Fairly common sense thing, but that, but they have an application for patent for that, and so they sued uh, Dish Network, Echo Star, when they started putting non licensed, non TiVo licensed DVRs in their set top boxes, right? And like, a couple weeks ago, they won a massive settlement against Dish Network, and if Dish Network wants to continue. Uh, uh, using DVRs, providing their customers with DVRs, then either they have to pay TiVo licensing fee and probably some punitive damages as well, or they need to pull all the DVRs out of their machines. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, software. It's a it's a pretty specific. It's a pretty large problem, I think, for the next century. We're, it's something we're going to have to fix as a country. All right. So, how does this pertain to Apple? Uh, so the 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 in app purchases patent is owned by a company called Lotsis. Apple licenses and Lotsis didn't. Invent the patent. No, they, they bought, bought it from another patent. guy. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Apple, Microsoft, everybody, everybody, all the big companies are 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 paying the extortion fees from the patent troll. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then this guy, the the Lotsis people, sent uh, notifications that they were going to have to small app developers that were doing in app purchases that they were going to have to start licensing the 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 patent as well, uh, which is bullshit because Apple is already paying for well a uh, the Apple terms of developer terms of service prohibit developers from entering into patent agreements with other uh, with other parties than okay. Apple. Right? This is all scary legal stuff. You sound you're looking kind of bored, Gary. No, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what the bottom line of it is. So, the, so basically, Lotus was trying to double dip. They they take Apple money already, and they wanted to go after the app developers as well 
to right. collect money from them too. And then this week, Apple sent out a letter that basically was, hey, we're already paying your bullshit extortion money. Yeah. Fuck off and leave die. Our leave our developers alone. alone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or we'll come after you. Yeah, or we will or destroy you. Yes. Yours yours, are very truly yours. Yeah, but – I read that very truly yours as literally fuck off and die. I bet it's never a slow office day at the Apple legal department. Like, they've always got something to do. Constantly under attack, I would well, say. Well, I mean, the lots of people after they sent out the – it came out last week when they sent the the letters to, um, yeah. mm-hmm. to the app developers. And then they set up their own site in a blog uh, justifying all this. And yeah. they were saying – Hey, man, we're the, the victim like, here. 0.5% of revenue from these, these app developers. App developers, like, you know, the big ones at least, the ones they targeted, it's not even that much money. But it's, it's a slippery slope. How did they think they were even going to get away with this? If Apple, if if it already got like presumably some kind of blanket deal with Apple that covers the whole platform, what what made them think they could go around? Well, that they don't and- have a blanket deal with the app developers. I mean, they they looked at their contract and said, "Hey, we don't think that you have a that this covers app." De- I mean, I'm sure somebody in a boardroom somewhere was like, "Hey, we need to get we we should be getting money off of this. this so, they're using our patents, so and they, this, we don't have a relationship." With has them. Apple successfully scared them off, or is it going to be a thing to, now? to be determined? Okay, to be continued. Uh, Google Wallet NFC announced this morning. I was driving around looking for HDMI cables this morning, so I don't <laughs> know what happened here. But uh, what's what's going on? What's going, Matt? You you're writing about this right now, even as we speak, it, right? It's already up on the site. Oh, it's up yep, on the site already. Win. Woo. Um. Yeah. So basically, as we've known for some time now, um, ever since Google released the Nexus S with uh, an NFC or near near field communications chip in it, um, we've been waiting for them to announce something, and what they announced today was Google Wallet. Uh. So. Basically, long story short, um, you can use it with existing uh, MasterCard PayPass um, setups that are in stores already. So like Safeway um, and, and Barnes and & Noble and everybody has those already? Um, everyone has those already. Now, that was kind of the confusing part is um, Google said that 120,000 merchants across the U.S. are already ready to use um, hmm. Google Wallet. But I'm not sure whether you can use it with any MasterCard PayPass, but then you get all of the extra stuff uh, with supported retailers. And that extra stuff being they also have something called Google Offers, which is essentially kind of like a Groupon clone um, hmm. in some manner. So they have Google Offers. They have like loyalty you know, programs that you can access through the phone. So that's, um, that's incentive. Right. Yeah. There's that, no that's, other reason. The like, why use this instead of a credit card? Well, it's so more secure. Well, the, the incentive though is also the fact that you can basically. Um, so right now it supports. Uh, you you can enter in a Mastercard, Citibank card into your phone, um, as well as something called the Google prepaid card, which you can fund with money from other phones okay. or sorry other so, cards. And then it's just it's just a tap based system. So I mean, you can use other master or other credit cards with it. Which I think is kind of another incentive to it, obviously. But um, wait, so so basically, instead of pulling my credit card out of my wallet and swiping that, I just wave my phone at a thing, and that's exactly okay. it. So so when you wave your phone at a thing, do you have to put like a pin or something in? Do you have to have the phone unlocked? What's what's to prevent yeah. somebody from swiping my phone and going hog wild on? Your phone has to be unlocked. Um, so basically, the screen has to be on, uh, and the phone has to be unlocked. Which you- which sorry, go oh, ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, which, as as Google said, you know, will prevent people from basically walking by your pocket and trying to, you know, skim your information. Well, so what if? Um, well, and also, if someone steals your phone, right? You want to make you want to make sure that so, it's, it's locked. So only target the people on phone calls, so they know their phones are on. Right, you Browse grab their the phone web and run. Texting, yeah. right? Grab grab your phone while you're on the uh, grab it while you're on the phone. So I tweeted a question about this last <laughs> night, and yep. and it was like. I, I something like seventy five responses in an hour. It was, wow. it was like normally I tweet a question like four people respond. Mm. Uh, this was very divisive. So there's a security aspect to this because it does give you kind of two factor authentication on credit cards, which you don't really have right now, which is a yep. good thing. Um, but but I mean, a lot of people seem very anti. 
uh, seem to be ant- uh, don't like the idea of making it easier to spend money. Like th- this seems to be a a uh, you know taking the credit card out of your wallet and swiping it is easy enough. Is was the feeling in in Twitter? Well, that's why there are these deals. I mean, it's the Groupon. Yeah, like Google getting into the Groupon game. I'm curious why they didn't tie it to Google Checkout since that seems to be a service that. They're not really promoting heavily, and I know. It's I think it is. I, I think the way that you load money up onto the prepaid credit card is probably through Google Checkout. Okay. It has to be. But I, so I can basically link one of my existing credit cards to this phone, and then the phone just becomes an extension of the credit card. Something is, like yeah. that. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the, what's wrong with making things easier? No one complains the, about one click ordering. That make that's an easier way to spend money. Well, I, I think the larger issue is that people are worried about getting their phone skimmed in their pocket and stuff like that. Like I leave my phone sitting at my desk at work. If it was attached to my credit card, even if there was a pin on it, I probably wouldn't do that anymore. I, I, would, I would like to think that there would be so, – like when I swipe the phone over the, over the near field thing, that it would bring up a little screen that, invite, that asked me to put in a four-digit pin. That would be nice. Yeah, but that's, then that's harder than the credit card. It's just more safe. I don't. I mean, can you attach multiple credit cards to this? So if you have two two different cards, can you will it pop up and say, "Hey, which card do you want to use?" Is that something yeah? That you can. To? The way it works is you can. Uh, yeah, you can have multiple cards going, and I think you can select which one is the active card. Um, so basically, the way it works then is you can actually um, you can actually pay for things without having to have the wallet app open. Okay. Um, and it'll just default to whatever you've set as sort of like your default or active credit card. Now, if somebody um, if somebody did manage to get your phone and go swipe happy, is did Google say anything about any kind of fraud protection or any? I mean, what's the security beyond beyond the uh, you know just getting access to the phone? Um, from what I gather, I mean, it's not even just um, it's not just having access to the phone. It's also having access to a special um, a Google Wallet pin, um, which is in addition to your credit card's current pin. Um, so even if someone gets access to your phone, they still require the pin. I think. Um, to actually see, that's where things have gotten a little fuzzy for me because I mean, I'm trying to figure out where the pin comes into play. If it's just tap based access, like, do you have to unlock your phone, enter in your pin, and then tap it? Yeah, I mean, or, or yeah, or, hmm. or do you, I mean, because then you could end up with double pins. You could have the pin to unlock the phone, the pin to unlock the wallet, and I mean, then you're suddenly talking about something that's much less convenient. I, yeah, I, I do wonder if this is this is kind of solving a problem that no one is really that bothered by. I mean, paying with a credit card, especially with a debit card where you just tap in a pin, is pretty easy these days. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I think if you asked Visa and Mastercard, they'd say that credit card theft and and safety is a pretty significant problem. I mean, I don't think like I I know that my card has been stolen like three times in the last two years. It <laughs> is not not from my wallet, not physically my card, but the number it's has skimmed. been. Yeah, well, the, been I mean, skimmed. protection these days is very good. Like I, we bought a new bed recently. Went to the mattress store and bought a you know a bed. It was you know big ticket item. Yeah, and as yeah. soon as I as soon as I bought it, I got a call from American Express saying there a big ticket item just went through. Are you are you legitimately buying this yeah. bed? So that that's pretty cool. I, I, but yeah, if you lo- yeah. if you lose your wallet, then that that sets in motion a whole hassle of having to remember what cards were in there, yeah. and you've got to find them the numbers of the bank to go call and, well, and put an put an put an alarm on the card and maybe cancel it and get a new card, and then you've got a card with a new number and you've got to redo all your credit card your arrangements. It's a huge hassle. Yeah. if it's tied to Google account. So I've got it straight now. So the way it works is the way that Google's touting this whole thing to work is um, you will have, you know, your standard Android lock screen. Um, So first of all, if they can't get past that, then, you know, Uh, if you don't have a lock screen set up, then before you make a purchase, yes, you have to enter in the Google Wallet pin. Uh, That's what it's uh, that's. what. Oh, okay. So if you choose not to make your phone locked, 
locked, yeah. locked. Right. Then you have to put in a pin. Okay, or another, you still have to put in a pin yeah. regardless. So, right. I mean, I think I think if your phone has like a lock screen, then you have to enter in the lock screen. Then you have to go to the wallet app and then enter in the pin and then tap. So double right. pin. Um, right. So I should probably make that a little more clear in the in the write up because I one uh, way or another you got to pass some kind of security. Security check. is going to be the most important thing. But I think there's a lot of benefits to this. Um, Making this more convenient than just because credit cards right now you can do the swipe like you don't have to yeah you can do the the the, uh, the RFID stuff uh, but tying it to an app like receipts right having the receipts saved in your apps or sent to you sent email, to, yeah, like, email. you get all your expense stuff I mean definitely the coupon stuff because that's such a huge business right now mm-hmm. um, and and like you know like tickets you know buying tickets and having all the information the barcodes well and on e- the phone. even even just not having to carry like the yeah. the Safeway card the Rite Aid card the Walgreens card the Bevmo card. Yep. The yes. Michael's card. Yes. Wait, hold on. I don't have a Michael's card. <laughs> yes, you do. Damn it. Um, yeah. It's, the, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say the thing that I, I still would like to find out is because, I mean, if you just use standard PayPass right now, um, that actually seems easier than this because you don't even have to enter anything in. Is that the thing where you just it. where you just wave your credit That's card? That's the RFID yeah. thing. Okay. I, yeah. I, they gave me the option of getting one of those when I got a new card last time, when mm-hmm. the last time it got stolen, mm-hmm. and I actively chose no. I don't, I don't – I think that that is a bad product. I, I had no choice and they just sent it to me. Why is that um, a bad product? Did, can you uh, well because it's RFID, so that means somebody can bump up against you in the wallet uh, if they have the RFID reader and yeah. and theoretically yeah. charge you without you having to take your wallet out of your pocket. Oh yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. Right? It seems like it seems like a, I mean I'm sure they have protections against that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things that like now while the while the skimmers are hard to make, it's not going to be a problem, and as soon as those skimmers become easy, it's going to be a nightmare. Right? I think. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, I'm actually kind of optimistic. Like I, I think this is this is something that I might make use of if I had a phone that supported it. Here's here's my big fear. Uh, I mean, right now it's on one phone. It's the, yeah. the Nexus S. Yeah, and four G, four G, right? And definitely more phones later. Uh, we know Apple's gonna do something like this. Probably, very probably, Apple's gonna do something like this. So we're gonna have two like wall e wallet ecosystems. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think and the retailers gonna buy have one of two these chips? Oh, absolutely. I yeah. think so. I thought the if not this, was it's if, not going to have it. If this not year. this year, then yeah. next year. And even if it's next year, Apple's going to you know brute force their way into it, and retailers are going to have to buy two of these types of machines unless there's some standard. I don't think we're going to reach some type of standard. Well, I, no, Ma- Mastercard will be the standard. I mean, this yeah. is that that's you, this is not to free you from the credit card company. This is this is to add another layer of abstraction between you and the credit card company, right? Um, I the the thing that the thing like they're just trying to turn you into a big walking credit card. Yeah. That's what they want. So we That's talked the end game. We talked about this a few weeks ago, the Douglas Adams thing, where every once you turn thirty, everything uh, starts being scary that used to be new. Like yeah, Stargate. And, you, and you have like Stargate, and you have in, going by your twitters of the last couple of days or weeks, whatever it is. You have started to sound more and more like the curmudgeonly well, frightened old man. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you part of that is that I've been hopped up on antihistamines and and or alternately really fucking miserable for the does, last five days. Does, does it say warning may cause you to start acting Holy like Abraham shit. Simpson? <laughs> it's cold and wolves are chasing me. Be sure to wear an onion on your belt while taking this medication. Both kidneys explode. <laughs> um... Sitting on my keys. Uh, <laughs> there it goes. See, just imagine, if your key, had, just imagine if your keys were in your phone. That wouldn't be a problem. You know, this is the thing. <laughs> is if this kind of stuff could be used for, for powerful sources of good, like me just walking up to the front door and it magically opens and it says, hello, Will. Yeah. I'm all for that. All I right. got no beef well, with that. that's the Android home, at home stuff. I was going to say, they've already done that. That was yeah, they're working on that. I'm ready for that. Bring it. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna but figure your, out your tweet, right which, 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 I well, that was kind of a trap. I kind of, so I you kind said, of stacked it. Do we it a really bit. need another new technology that makes it easier for, easier for us to spend money? Yeah. And you got a lot of responses. A lot of responses. People feel strongly about this. Did they, they feel strongly with you or against you? Uh, mostly with me. Okay. But I think if I had phrased it the other way, I probably could have gotten the same you response. Ju- you just came across sounding a bit anti-technology. Like, as, well, as the guy that runs Tested, so, any new technology you should be interested So, I mean, the thing about this is the two-factor, and this is, this is interesting. I hadn't thought about the security stuff when, it, when I was initially forming this tweet. Um, and, and having a two-factor authentication on my credit cards is something that is appealing to me. The thing that makes me worried about this kind of stuff is the more you set, the more you put everything in one device – uh, that means, you know, if the way batteries work on smartphones today, you can't trust that that thing's going to work for 18 hours. Whereas my credit card, which doesn't require batteries, it does work for 18 hours. Um, so I, I, I worry about battery life and things like that. I, right. I also worry about the security of having one device that holds both all my financial information, my personal data, my contacts, and the way that I call the financial institutions to let them know that my shit is broken. Like, right, like a lot of people, Matt, do you have a, you don't have a home phone, I bet. Uh, nope. Norm, you have a home phone, but just because it comes free for Com- from if Comcast. I, there's no phone plugged into the line. Yeah. I just see numbers call pop on my TV. You have an incoming phone call. I can't pick it up because I have no phone tied to the Gary, moment. do you have a home phone? Like, you mean like a landline? Yeah, landline. Yeah. Okay. So if your phone is the way that you – is your credit card and you lose your phone or it is stolen and you don't have a home phone, how do you call the fucking bank and say, hey, my credit card's <laughs> stolen. Please cancel that. You, and increasingly, people are cutting their landlines. Right. Is it like a Neo situation where you see a guy on the street and you grab the cell phone and you just start running and you dial your 800 number? I guess number? You, you could try and find a phone booth, but they're – Good luck. They're, 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 they've gone as well. Yeah, there's no phone Running booths. around like well, Superman. Well, people like us, I, I, I know like, a lot of people lose their phones pretty easily. I, the, my phone is probably the most important piece of technology to me. Yeah, agree. I, 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 will, I would never, ever lose it. Like, I, I, the, I, the phone is the thing Not that, that I check more so than my keys in my wallet. Okay. So you're saying this is your your comfortable? I'm comfortable amalgamating all your risk into one device. Yes. Okay. It well, makes it I mean, you, there is a tremendous amount of of amalgamation just in your wallet. Let me, let me ask you: this. If you lost your wallet yeah. today, do you even have an inventory, even either written down somewhere in your head of like what's of all the shit you would need to take care of? Yeah, I made it. I made it real easy. So all I have in there is insurance card, driver's license, uh, credit card, and debit card. And then all the Safeway cards and all that bullshit. But right. I don't even Which you, that like that. Who cares? I, I like I had the, my Safeway card when I when it doesn't scan. They're like, oh, yeah. just type in your phone number. Right. And I can never because my phone but number you, is like five 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 one two. But do you have like the credit card numbers and the number and the bank phone number? Yeah, you would have to call. So I, I did. I do. I have it two ways actually. I photocopied the back of all that stuff years ago, but yep. I think I probably haven't updated it since the last time I got new cards. Uh, and then the other thing I do is take a picture of the back with my camera phone, so it's just that's there. just a smart thing to do. Yeah, you should always everybody should do that right now. Wait, yeah. Take a picture of the back of the cards with the with the camera phone, so you have the eight hundred oh. numbers, uh, so that if if you lose your wallet, you can just call immediately. And and that's a pro tip. Yeah, it is a pro tip. Yeah, because I mean the thing is my phone my photo library is always there. Hmm. Uh, if I assuming I have the phone, well, right. just, your camera phone is so useful. Like whenever I go to parking lots, I always take a picture of my car. So I know the license plates of the two cars next to mine. Wow, that is obsessive compulsive. Wow. And I know exactly where I parked. And are we going to get, get to a point where if we lose our phone, then you may as well just fucking kill yourself right there? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was watching Minority Report the other day because I was doing the battery rundown on the Lenovo X1. And it, I, the, like, the phone is the eyeballs. My phone is the eyeballs. Right. Like if, if I – like 
when he when the John eyeball, Anderson, you could use a Guinness. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when the eyeball is rolling down the thing and he grabs it by the stump. Oh yeah. Like that's if I've dropped my phone down the down the that's, storm sewer. Your, your phone is your that's identity. The same thing. Yeah. You are now just the fleshy vehicle that transports your soul around. Well, it's like Gattaca too. You know, they don't look at your face; they look at your DNA. Right. 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 But but it's so much harder to scan irises or uh, or or, or DNA. We're, we're almost there. Iris scanning I, technology. But, but, but the point is, it's much easier to hit an RFID or NFC as you walk through the door at yes. Safeway. The, and and ultimately, you are running low on milk. The ultimate goal for this, like the the thing that I would love that would make all this worthwhile, imagine is world. if imagine 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 a world. Oh God, I actually saw one of those uh, commercials last night for one of the space fridges that has the LCD <laughs> yeah. screen on it. Yeah, oh, the LG space fridge. Imagine a world where regular post-it notes don't exist. Imagine a world where you go into Safeway, load up your bags full of shit, and then just walk out. No waiting in line, no cashiers, no checkouts. It just scans your NFC thing now, and the RFIDs now, as you hit the door. Anyone who stood in a long line at a supermarket is going to appreciate the benefit of that. Everybody has stood in a long line at the supermarket. Right. This technology is not going to get rid of like old ladies who are slow anyway. No, but, but my point is – People have st- – you've still got to bag all your shit up, just, right? No. You, care, you bring in your own bags – you, you put, put your put it, shit straight into so your it's own like, bags? It's like shoplifting all the time, it except is, you're not shoplifting. Yeah, except for your pain. Like concept. Just yeah. open shoplifting. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I, I'm, I am – that is a world I embrace and love. What's to, I hope I see that in my what's, I guess if you try and walk out of the store without the card and alarm goes off? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then you get tackled by thugs and probably ensconced in some sort of giant poofy ball of foam. You know, yeah. like in The Incredibles. Robert De Niro takes you in the back and says you can walk out of here with, with your hand yeah. or your shopping. Yeah, there's, there's two ways to go out. Crash, it smashes your, your, your hand with a ball hammer. Right, ball peen. Yeah. Ball peen's a funny word. Yeah, it is. Because it sounds – because balls is funny. Yeah, and, and peen, peen is funny too. And, yeah. and, but it's not, a dirty, it's not a dirty phrase at all. It's not, no. but it should be. But you could really work over somebody's knuckles with a ball peen hammer. Ouch. Uh, yeah, that's the world. That's the ultimate. That's what I wanted Google to announce today, and they did not. That's what I want. That's all I'm looking for. But then, of course, little, there's, little a steps, other, there's a whole other – There's a whole other world of like high-tech shoplifting then where you bring in like the RFID nuker and you just fry the RFID chips and, <laughs> and you know, you, you new, pay for, pay for two things and the dude standing at the gate at Best Buy is like, I need your receipt, sir. Well, that's the thing. If we both walk out if, – if you and I walk out side by side with our bags full of shopping – I think you walk out through a chute. It's like a, it's oh. like a cattle chute. Could it be actually like a slide? So like going shopping oh, man, is that'd fun. That'd be awesome. You go down. You go down like you like put a, your shit on a little chute, and it just goes down and it lands in a bag, and it yeah. self organizes. You know, like how you get excited when you go to the Target, and it has one of those car elevators. I hate you, those things. Oh, that's great. I love my those. cart always gets jammed. No, every time you're doing it wrong. Nine you, times out of ten, my cart gets wrong. jammed. That, that those machines are made for people. I'm sorry, with maybe less education than you. Okay. Is, is smart. So you're saying smart, I'm too smart, too smart for the, for the machine? Yeah. For the machine? Yeah. Don't just, overthink the machine, Will. Just because just, I like yeah. to ride in it, Norm, only, doesn't mean I'm a bad only, person. Yeah, you're not rule. supposed to go up in it. Right. Oh. The only rule is take your, take your baby out of the machine, out of the car before putting it. That's the only rule. <laughs> My baby! My baby! <laughs> and, and you Why know what? can't you it's go so in it, though? S- no. Uh, no well, I weigh 240 pounds, 230 pounds. Yeah, but you could load the machine up with that much shopping. But not that much shopping and me. That, those machines are no. so smart. But you could no, but you could ride it you, up when you buy the, all your stuff and then ride it and then put it back down and then you walk back. Maybe down. when you ride up that, it actually slows down at the very end, so you get off the elev- escalator first, and so the cart you can wait for the cart. It's that smart. It is, that, that's one of those things where technology seems like magic to me, even though it's fairly straightforward. Yeah, I'm just like that. That's, a, that's an escalator. Yeah, yeah, it's great. 
The other, the other technology I'm looking for, and I think, uh, so here's the question is, which will happen first? The, you just walk in, fill up your bags and walk out and you're automatically debited? Or you ride in your self-driven car to the grocery store, you type in what you want on your phone app? Why and when driving? you get there, that doesn't sound like a good well, idea. Well, no, no, it's a self-driving car. I said oh, that. okay, all right, good. Like yeah. we're talking like you know, iRobot slash. Why am I even typing report. it in? Can't I just say it? And the computer is saying it takes too long. It's always easier to tap, 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 because it knows. It knows what you're going to get nine times out of ten. It says, "Oh, you didn't buy toilet paper last week." I you're can you're say buy toilet, toilet paper quicker than you can type it. Well, you don't type it. I'm just saying it gives you a list of things that you typically buy. Oh, and then you say which ones you want and don't want. You just go down the list. Yeah. That's my question. And then you just get there and the robots have already packed the bags and it just backs it into oh. your car for you. Or maybe it's just sitting on your doorstop when you get home. Yeah, but I mean – Freshly I, I, delivered. But that's, aren't we already – don't we already have a system where you just go to Safeway website and just have shit delivered? Yeah, I but mean, it's not very good. Isn't it? Yeah. The problem is that you get all kinds of wrong substitutions. Say, oh, we, we didn't have bacon. Perhaps you'd like Mentos. Ham. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't fucking fry ham with my – this isn't Canada. Hey, now. They make, they make very strange uh, – Substitutions well, sometimes. And, and I think that the person who's packing those bags hates that job so much that they passive-aggressively pick the worst produce. Probably. Like you well, get, they're probably told to get rid of – you don't get to squeeze the apples, right? right. Nobody gonna, sniffs that watermelon. They're say get rid of the shitty ones first. Right. And you look there and there's a squash that's like a, the stumpiest little squash. Yeah. I don't know. It's good, I mean, going, it's good to go shopping. Like this is, these are the things that make us human. Speaking of going shopping, Microsoft had a mango announcement this week. Oh, man. That was both, <laughs> both produce and shopping. Yes. Yes. I guess that was an okay segue. Was that no, a good segue? No, I gave it four awful. out of ten. <sighs> yeah. And we don't even give scores of things here. I know. Let's just break that down. A mango is something that you could buy when you go in shopping. In the produce section, which we were talking about. It's something right. you sniff. Yeah. Mango is also the name of the new Windows yeah. Phone 7. Oh, no, piss poor. Bingo. That was that was weak sauce. Okay. Mango out of ten. Oh, boy. Braga, listeners are getting drunk right now. Yeah, you 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 listen to this. You 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 were up early listening to the stream. I was in the car while this happened. So <laughs> no, uh, Matt was in a room watching a, a stream. Oh, you, no, I wasn't watching the stream though. That's the problem. Right, trying to watch the stream. It was a it was a disaster. Did they have a deaf interpreter there that would that had the script already? Oh, God, no. That well, you know what? It was ridiculous because basically Microsoft head office. Um, uh, the PR guy that I know asked you know head office corporate like, hey, can we fly some guys out to New York? And they're like, no, we don't want anyone. We're just going to stream the whole thing to everybody. That's what they told so me too. Sorry? That, that's what they told me too. They were like, no, you don't have to come to New York. We'll just stream it. Yeah. So he sent Navarro. It was, yeah, it was, it was rather funny. So anyway, so they got us all into this room. There was like 20 or 30 of us. It was nuts. Was Boba and, there? Uh, they couldn't get the stream running. Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah, didn't no get good. the stream going. Couldn't even stream it. None of us had Silverlight installed. So, oh, well, because you're all using Macs, right? Yeah, exactly. We were all on Macs. <laughs> but anyways, I, I got the lowdown. Okay, so. what's the story here? Um, well, the, the big thing that I don't think they really stressed enough was that uh, the Mango update will be available for every Windows Phone 7 phone. Oh, that's um, good. So, Which is great. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's really, really great. It's nice. So every phone that has come out thus far will get Mango. Mind you, I did try to press them on, hey, you know, what features – you know, aren't going to make it to the old phones due to, you know, hardware restrictions or anything. And they didn't know at this point. So, okay. So, so what's um, the high points on the feature? Like what's the stuff that we should be excited about? What stuff should we, be, well, I mean, there's, um, that it's, it's more evolutionary than anything. I mean, I, I wouldn't go into this thinking, you know, we're going to see, you know, big leaps and bounds like we saw with iOS four. Um, but there are some nice things. Um, I mean, they've, they've finally introduced a unified inbox, um, which is kind of nice. 
um, if you're the sort of person that likes using a unified. I, I missed that on Android after using an iOS. I have to admit, I didn't. I didn't think I would like that as a feature, and it's pretty good. Yeah, it's 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 not bad at all. Um, so they've got Unified Inbox. Um, they've they've done this thing called Contact Groups, which is basically just a fancy way to group contacts and message them all at once. Ooh. Um, it's interesting. One of the, one of the cooler things actually they did the, with that is they have uh, they've revamped the live tiles now so that they can display more dynamic information from the home yeah. screen. Which oh, I, that's awesome! Yes. Yeah, which is which is a big change. And and there's API changes so third party developers can do that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had uh, they demoed a um, uh, the Weather Network app now actually like the tile flips and it'll show you like a four day forecast and like a current you know forecast right now. So that's that's kind of how that worked. Um, and developers can totally leverage that, which is nice. You know, this is this is one of those situations. Like the Weather app is a good example of this. I like, yeah, I, I love getting the temp the current weather. But what mm-hmm. I really want from the Weather app is: do I need to bring a raincoat? And what should I what like should I wear warm clothes or cool clothes today? <laughs> but you know, that's that's not something right now. It's about like forecasting. You know, three hours later. Well, but that that's what I want from that from that tile. So like you want I don't customize. I can look out the window and know what the temperature is now. I want to know. I want if I look at the Weather app in the morning, what I want is what should I wear to work today. Mm. Sounds like, more like should, a. Yeah, I'm looking at my iPhone, and right now it's, it's, it's always 73 degrees. I've, yeah. ne- I've never understood Sunny. these home screen uh, crazy people that are like, I must have the current weather available on my home oh, screen come on, all Gary. the time. That is, it's a matter of convenience. I don't want to launch the app. I want to be able, to, like, like the calendar app on the iPhone. It tells you exactly what the date is. That's yeah. right, right? Why, right? why can't that apply to weather? Right. Why does that not apply to weather? Why why can't it just like four no, icons? Had, had, I, so we, I know we, it's raining. We you and right. I had that discussion. It would be great if that was added. But is it really that important? How important is it that I know the precise temperature I don't, at uh, any the, given moment? What I'm telling you Who is I don't shit? care what the precise temperature is. What I care is the information that's relevant to me with regard to weather. Right. What's I, it gonna be like later? What's yeah. the, what's the impact on me? Yeah, what what do I need to wear shoes that are acceptable for okay. water today? There's a ton of weather apps that do that. No, not really. They all give you a 36-hour forecast, which is completely different. I don't care See, what the 36-hour forecast is. Well, what do you want to know? I want to know should I put on wet weather clothes today. I want to do know you, if so I should wear shorts or a t-shirt. So you want it dumbed down? You want like a, a like a picture of a woolly sweater or something so you can go, oh, I, that's what I, I should put on? I don't know what the picture should be. I'm just telling people what I want. So you – again, we're going to this like future world where you want the – Imagine a world. You want the thing to read the weather and have like the – when you go right. into your closet – all the wool, all the woolly warm clothes are the ones that have been sent <laughs> Here, out here's, for you. Here's an on-topic tangent. You basically for want you. the computer to be your mother. No, laying your clothes out for you in the morning. Did, yep. did you not? Let, yes. Okay, then yeah, I would well, like to I've not put, have to think about I've, shit that I've I don't care about. So, I put your socks over the fire in yeah. the morning so they're nice and toasty. Then and I you can put them de- on in the morning. Then I can devote my spare thought cycles to more important things, like you know. L.A. Noir or, uh, you know, what's going on on, on Stargate SG-1 this week. My mum used to do that for me when I was a kid on the cold days. Yeah. And I'd come down Star- in the morning. Your muffler and, would be out. And, like, the uh, my my clothes, my, my, my trousers and my socks and stuff have been put over the heater so they'd be all toasty and warm when I yeah. put them on. Brilliant. So I downloaded an app. Sorry for the tangent, Matt. Matt, yeah, uh, hold on here. Uh, I downloaded an <laughs> app. It's going to be an app of the week this week. It is, it is, this, it is this app for my commute. I drive from my office, my house to the office every day, uh-huh. and there are about 45, 50 different routes that I could take. Okay. And the only way to tell which one's going to be the good route, because Google traffic doesn't give kind of discrete enough information far enough out. Like, I don't care what traffic is like close to my office now. I care what it's going to be like in 20 or 30 minutes. So I downloaded an app that does that for the commute, and it mm. looks at the available routes between my house and my office and says, okay, today you should go on 101 and then go up uh, you know, Harrison to, to turn left on front and blah, 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 So it blah, basically blah. just gives you the bottom line information It gives me need. the optimal route right. 
not just based on what traffic is like at the moment I'm looking at the route, but yes. what traffic's going to be like by the time I get there, oh. assuming I leave right now. And this isn't the, – the thing is this isn't a hard problem. This is a computer-solvable problem and just nobody's thinking about it because they're looking at, oh, here's what, here's what an analog instrument would tell you right now right. versus here's what – knowing what we can – what we know about predictive, predictive behaviors and stuff like that and your behavior, what you should know. And has, has this app improved the quality of your commute? Uh, it's much more exci- exciting. Like I go a different way every day now. Sometimes I come up in Barcadero. Sometimes I go down windy ass back streets. But it tells you it says it's going to take 22 minutes from here to get to your office, right. and you can kind of gauge it, but gauge its success or failure based on that. Right. It's interesting. Anyway, okay. tangent tangent ended. Matt Braga, what's going on with Mango? <laughs> uh, multitasking. I, I like that. Yeah, I know. It's it, it was pretty slick actually. So the way it works is um, it's it's not quite like iOS. Uh, things can run in the background. Um, is although it things like API that, driven run in the background or like can really run in the background, like on the playbook. No, it, it seems like things can, can really run in the background. That was Ooh. the indication that I seem to get. Um, although there are, um, there are APIs in the background so that, you know, you can basically save battery life. Um, so things like, you know, streaming audio is, is considered an API that can run in the background instead of having to maintain the whole app in memory. So it sounds um, kind of hybrid between. Yeah, that's, that's how I described it is it's basically a hybrid sort of setup, which I think is good because it'll probably strike a nice balance between, uh, you know, functionality and also, uh, you know, preserving battery life. Like okay. for example, um, apps that require, uh, persistent network connection, uh, can't be, uh, can't be run in the background. Uh, those have to be shut off. Uh, which oh, is okay. you know, which is which is handy. Um, do they have an equivalent of like push notifications so that if you don't want to run in the background, you can have the server yeah. side thing wake up the phone, wake up the app? Yeah, they have something now. I can't remember the name of it offhand, but they they basically have something that will uh, will let you pull information down in the background. Um, I should uh, I should look that up. But yeah, that's in there. Cool. Um, they also revamped uh, or they're bringing it up to IE nine, which is which is probably nice. And is it going to be the um, real IE nine uh, renderer, or is it just like a is it like the Android browser where it's just kind of a bastardized version of a browser that they're calling IE nine? Um, I didn't ask, but I mean, I thought the indication was that yeah, they were going to try to you know at least borrow large chunks from that you know desktop code base, so it was a similar experience. Um, I don't know to be. I don't know offhand. Um, I know that you know it's supposed to have better HTML5 support, but uh, uh, it was actually really, really slow in the uh, in the demo that I tried. Well, and I guess they're rewriting IE for ARM anyway for Windows 8 or Next or whatever it's going to be yeah. called. So it's yeah, a different code base though. Okay. Um, and uh, and also Zune is being updated now. I mean, I know Zune is already pretty good, but um, mm. it's actually not as good as Zune HD um, the interface. So now it's going to be more on par with Zune HD. Mm. Nice. Um, Better podcast feature. I think people, the uh, the uh, developer software is already out for Mango, and people are just diving into it, checking out the new UIs. Oh, cool! So that's why I found all the the Zoom stuff, and there are new handsets that you saw. Although it's the yeah. same hardware. Well, oh. I only saw the I only saw the Acer model, um, and it was they said it was a prototype, but honestly, like it's the exact same one we saw teased like as early as last September. When are we going to um, see oh, these wow. flagship uh, Nokia handsets? That um, I, I asked them about that, and we're apparently like when Mango's released, um, Mango will be what's running on the Nokia handsets. But I don't think we're going to see those until year end at the earliest. Yeah, I think they um, said late twenty twelve was the yeah. Point for that, and they right? actually they prefaced the entire uh, presentation with we're not going to talk about Nokia yeah. today. So yep. I love I do I do <laughs> love that they they're able to say that all the phones are going to get it because as as people know that's the thing that pisses me off most about Android. It's a lottery based on you know what handset yeah. you have. Well, they, well and carrier. carrier. And carry it. Will they all get it at the same time? Um, you know what? That I'm not sure. And I mean, based on the whole Samsung fiasco, um, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't. But 
it would be nice if they did. I'm still rooting for Windows Phone 7. Despite yeah. of everything I say about Microsoft, I really like that OS and I want it to do well. I, d- I don't know if it will. It seems like it's really got a lot of catching up to do, but I love the experience. Well, I, I think it's great. I mean, I've said this before. I, I really am hopeful that Nokia will produce a kind of sexy iPhone. You are or you aren't app. hopeful? I, I am hopeful okay. that Nokia will come in and produce some sexy hardware that makes me excited to own a Windows Phone 7. Right. Um, anything else on the Mango front? Mr. Uh, not too much. I mean, you know, 500 features. We haven't seen them all, but uh, there was some cool stuff with Bing. I, I didn't. I, I've never seen this before, but uh, apparently, Bing's had the ability to show uh, maps of like the insides of malls for a while on the desktop version. Yeah, and now that's available on the phone, which I thought was really really cool. Uh, is there a Bing? There's a Bing Maps for iOS and Android too, right? Is there? I know there's one for Android because it oh, ships I know, on, like I mean, an actual app. I know there's a Bing. I don't know about Maps. I think I. Th- I think there is. I mean, that that searching like a smarter maps is something that like as an iOS user typically I I feel like maps on on iOS has been pretty stagnant and yeah. and would like to see more development there. Microsoft's really pushing that uh, coupon aspect of Bing as well, you know, where you can get special offers and stuff. That's been their thing on Windows Live Search for a long time. Uh, no, no, that's cashback. Cashback is different. Oh, this is different than cashback? Yeah. yeah. Cashback Wasn't- they have to pay for. They oh. paid a ton of money for, which didn't like kind of help being a little bit spike up, but it, it's a total waste of money. And the same thing with Google Checkout, they did a cashback thing. Uh, this is more of a Groupon thing they want to do. Okay. Wasn't the rumor a while ago that uh, Apple wanted to ditch Maps and do something? Yeah, they, I mean, they they bought they they had an acquisition to that yeah. to that regard. I mean, the thing and the thing about Maps is. It's not like Google is making those maps. Google is licensing that oh, yeah. map information from somebody else, and it's a layer on top of yep. uh, the Maps app is a Google Maps app, but it's a layer on top of that. And I think all Google does is like the nav stuff, right? And yeah. the, and the data that's overlaid, so the places and 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 uh, shops and all that kind of stuff. So is the Mango update? Is it going to feel like a big step forward, like a like a whole new interface, or is it going to just feel like they spruced up a couple of things? The the interface is pretty similar. I mean, it's it's going to look the same uh, for the most part. Um, but I mean, you know, once again, it's 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 evolutionary. I think it'll feel a lot better in terms of you know. I, I think when people get their hands on it, they'll say, "Hey, this is you know the update that sh- you know Windows Phone Seven should have launched with." Yeah, I mean, that was going to um, be my question: Is it does it feel like oh this is great, or are people going to say oh finally this is what well, we should have had just, all along? Just adding fast resume and and that kind of stuff, and then yeah. the copy and paste update that came out earlier this year, like that that's the stuff that is. Like the reason I stopped using Windows Phone Seven was it took Twitter twenty seconds to launch every time I opened that because oh it didn't yeah. run in the background. Oh, and they're getting like Twitter integration, yeah, into yeah. the um, your the, the life into the contacts yeah, yeah, yeah. the the, yeah. the the where Facebook con- was already yeah. integrated now. Okay. Well, I was going to say it's not even that. It seems like they're trying to uh, kind of like what uh, WebOS did with sort of that unified messaging platform. It yeah. looks like they're trying to you know where you can start with a text and then move to Facebook chat and then you know and that's all sort of you know. Well, and when uh, you go to when I go to call Norm, it'll show his last Twitter update and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's neat. I don't think it's the be all end all. It's the kind of thing that no. when when WebOS came out, what three years ago now, two and a half years ago, mm. it was looked amazing, and then in actual practice, it was kind of something you don't really use that much. I find. Yeah, still Facebook chat in- integration is kind of nice, I, I, especially I, now that it's you know integrated with the whole messages thing. Then you know that might be a little more useful. This is this is going to age me again, Norm. Do you ever use Facebook chat? Never. Gary, have you ever used Facebook chat? I I have occasionally used Facebook chat. Yeah, I've turned Facebook. I I don't want to let people know that I am on Facebook the few times I am on. I don't want another I am client, basically. That that was why I clarified it with now that it's integrated with the messaging platform because then it actually acts as 
like Facebook messages go to your phone. I suppose. I don't you know. I, I don't know. I, I actually do I get barely like chat. Like yeah. Um, uh, e-readers. There's a big, big week for e-readers. Uh, there's a new Nook. There is a Kobo update. Uh, and new Kobo. Yeah, new Kobo. What, what, what's uh, both of those? I haven't paid attention to either of these. Are touch devices? Ooh. I'm excited about this news. So Co- Kobo was announced first. I think it's 130 bucks. Uh, touch interface. Um, and then like later that day, Nook announced. A well, there's a there's a, a new Nook. There's a book conference going on right now. Oh, maybe, maybe that's it. Yeah. Uh, but new Nook six inch touchscreen. No, yeah, no, uh, no, no uh, keyboard. QWERTY keyboard. Ooh. And uh, it just looks like a picture from battery, Yeah, massive battery life. Yeah, and they're using an updated e-ink screen, so they're saying the the contrast is better. It's wider. It's wider the pearl e-ink, which apparently is the same that's on the current Kindle. Okay. So that's good. I, the current Kindle is really a great screen. Yeah. Uh, I like the I like the idea of a no keyboard. Yes. Kindle competitor. Yes. Yeah. Although when I tweeted my excitement about this last night, the first thing you said was remind me to talk about why physical buttons are good. Oh, so the point of this was the, this is the, they're using the touchscreen for page controls as well. Yes, right? although they yes, but they do have physical side buttons for page turning as well. Oh, that was the thing I didn't know is. Uh, you know, the, the physical side buttons for page turning, like the thing I don't like about the original Nook is yeah. the physical page turn buttons are kind of – they're kind of buried under the bezel. So you right. can't feel where they are until you click right. them. Right, I don't like that at all. Mm-hmm. Like as I use that for – I read two or three books on the Nook. It is not – like I, I understand why they do it. It makes the device look much nicer. But being able to feel the physical buttons is very important. All it means they have to do is put a nub on the side that yeah. you can feel with your finger. Yeah. But but that's something that they absolutely have to do. Gestures for for browsing for ch- turning the page, I don't like on e-ink readers just because the yeah, e-ink the, the, co- the, the Kobo one is doing that, and I don't believe that does have buttons. They're, they're yeah. going just like in real life. Swipe your finger to turn the page. Oh, I do that. No, no. I no. I still the funny thing is I still when I read on my Kindle on my iPad, I do even though all I have to do is tap it with my finger. I do actually do the swipe because oh, it yeah. just feels like turning oh. a page. See but the refresh. There's no animation. Means. Well, yeah, there can be. On the iPad, not on, on the iPad, Kindle. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, you get the page flash. Yeah. Oh. Well, the well, either the Kobo or the new Nook. I can't remember which one, but one of them was making a claim about eighty percent less page flash because that's the thing that annoys me the most. The way you get that blackout, that it, black on white flash. It's interesting you say that because I racist. totally don't notice that at all. Oh, it pisses me off. But it bothers me. Like Norman, I'm sorry. I just filter that out entirely. Sorry, we're skyping on. I mean, the, the fact that that's a the, that that's a selling point, less page flash, tells me that that's something that people care about. I, I get that people care about it. After using a, a Kindle for two or three years, I just don't. I, like, I I think I must blink when that happens. I've I've like developed a, a blindness to that. I well, don't see it at all. I li- I really like the look of this new Nook. I think that the QWERTY keyboard on the bottom of the Kindle has always looked somewhat vestigial and seems to be making it bigger than it needs to be. Well, and it was well, underutilized. Well, th- that's the thing is I. I never ever use the on device. I've used the times I've used the on device bookstore are when I'm sitting in an airplane and I read finished my last but it's book. For like searching, for like typing annotations. And I don't. Searching. I don't do that. See, if you read fiction, you don't do that. Yes, I mean that's why for textbooks and stuff. Right for textbooks, it's really important. Right, and the whole like social reading thing never really took off um, with like people sharing notes over uh, on books. And I stuff. will say I look at those notes when they come up. Like uh, like I, it's in, I always find it interesting to see what three thousand people have highlighted in a book that I'm reading. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's I I don't I don't that's not something like the keyboard is not a necessary like I would I would much rather have a ninety nine dollar Kindle or Nook 
with no keyboard and just load it over the air with the computer. I'm very glad that this is the direction that seems to be going in, though, because um, I actually didn't even know that touchscreen would – you could have an e-ink touchscreen. So I'm yeah. very, very glad to see that because my first experience with a Kindle – when I first, very first saw Yeah, you one. picked up and tried to mash the screen. Well, two things. First, I think there's two experiences that people have with Kindles when they first pick them up, especially now. One is you go, wow, e-ink's really cool. Like, that's actually the page? That looks great. Yeah, it looks nice. And then the second second reaction is, why doesn't it do anything when I touch the screen? Right. Because we're so we're now through phones and tablets, we're so now used to that being the control language. Uh, and I was like, why? I have to press a button? What is this, the 90s? It just feels weird to me. So I think this will be a great combination of all the benefits of e-ink with the touch language that we are now so used to. I think this is the way to go. So uh, Kindle, I mean, uh, the new Nook is $139, $139. Okay, and, so 10 bucks cheaper than the um, Wi-Fi Kindle? Yes. And then no, the three, Wi-Fi, oh, Wi-Fi Kindle is $142 Kindle, yeah. as well. Okay. But what, what Wi-Fi Kindle with uh, with deals is cheaper. Right. Um, yeah, but who wants that? And then they also added deals, uh, Amazon added deals version to the 3G Kindle as well. Oh, how much is uh, that same one? Same discount, I think. Like, oh, so 20 bucks, yeah. 25 bucks 25 off? bucks. Yeah. Um, and but that leads to our discussion of what we think the next Kindle should be. Well, I, I would like to see the same shape. With, I would like to see a no keyboard e Kindle. Absolutely. I think that's what they're going to have to you do. You think they're going to do that or think they're going to go and go no color style and go with the tablet? I think they'll I, I do think both. They'll be both. I think they'll, I think there'll be an Android tablet, which is one thing, and I think and a dedicated e-ink reader, which now has touch. And I think they'll continue selling keyboard versions too. This is going to be a product category. Oh this, is a, this is this is going to be a skew nightmare. Like the, D, like the keyboard one becomes the DX or something. No, no, no. I think the keyboard one remains. I think you have a keyboard, no keyboard option. Okay. The Kindle. Kindle yeah. Some people like Kindle, like. Kindle Touch. It just, it just. Seems, I think the DX is short seems, for the world. It just though. seems for something that takes up basically like a I quarter. See a lot of DXs that accounts for like a quarter really? of the size of the entire Kindle. Right. The keyboard seems like something that doesn't really get a lot of. No, use. I, I couldn't agree more. I don't. I think the physical buttons there are completely unimportant. I think that there needs to be a D pad. I don't think you even need a touchscreen. I know you like the touchscreen on the Kindle. I don't care about that. I think there needs to be a D pad so you can select words if you want to look up a word. Because that, to me, is the biggest improvement of reading with an e-reader versus a book. What about I mean, searching the, the store, though? I don't want to be going. I don't ever. I don't ever go to the store on the device. You don't buy books on off. The I device. always open up a, a phone. I either do it on my phone. With the with the Amazon app, okay, or I do it on a computer and, just, and just, just load them up. Too, yeah, it takes too fucking long, right? And the recommendations are always bad. It's always like some five Twilight books, and right. uh, so get and, rid of the keyboard. I mean, yeah. part of the reason the keyboard was there is I think they originally had this cockeyed notion that it was also going to be a web browser and these other things. Fuck that! You just want it to do one thing. Yeah, really well. be, yeah exactly. I don't need Sudoku on on the Kindle. Exactly. Right. Chess. And exactly. Scrabble. So I think that I love the look of the new Nook, Nook. Touch. I think it looks great. The big question, first thing that Norm asked me, and it was the first question I asked myself as well, because I am kind of halfway, not quite, but semi-interested in a dedicated e-ink reader. I think it'd be great. I'm kind of holding off on the Kindle because it kind of feels mid-product cycle and there's probably something else coming. And I'm looking at this Nook going, oh, this is what I want. I don't want a keyboard. I want touch. But Norm's first question, and like I said, it was mine as well, is, well, what about the store? This is this is the, the the key for everything these days. Ecosystem, ecosystem. Right. It's a platform. You're not buying How, a device. You're buying a platform. With, with Amazon, you know that the Amazon store is great. It has all the books you're going to want. It's probably going to have great deals. Yep. How does Barnes and Noble stack up against that? I don't know. I've heard that the store is actually, in terms of selection, is actually the selection's pretty, pretty comparable. Good. And that they do price match a lot of Amazon stuff. Yeah, the, pri- the prices are comparable. The selections, I mean, all of that is priced by the publishers now. So, so is there much to choose from? Um, well, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, no, I don't mean is there, are there a lot of books. I mean, is there really much to separate the two in terms well, of the, the store experience? The other big difference is in the third-party app support. So 
Uh, Barnes and Noble, just like Amazon, has a Kindle app. I mean, has a has a uh, iOS and Android apps, both for iPad and, and desktop iPhone, as well, and desktop as well, and Mac. Yep. Um, I've never used the desktop apps for any of these devices. I, I mean, right. I downloaded them and tried them out for five minutes, but I'm never going to read on. And a, presumably, on they have the cross device syncing and bookmarking and all that stuff. The bookmark syncing seems. I, I. It's been a while since I've used Nook, but I think the bookmark syncing works exactly the same as it does on the Kindle. Okay. Um, you know the Kindle. The problem with the Kindle bookmark syncing is you can't reset the furthest read spot once you've passed a certain point. So, like, if you read a book twice, it's always going to try to fast forward you to the end of the book, which I is see. a real annoyance. Okay. Um, but but the, the the main thing that we like of like being able to read ahead and then pick up another device and you pick up from there automatically. That's right. what we like. I, I believe that that works the same. I, I'm not 100. percent Okay. The the big thing that I don't like about the Nook is Amazon is always really good about. Uh, about giving you control over purchases, even to the point of, you know, if like you, if you're like when my credit card got stolen and I had to replace the number, I bought a book with the Nook. Uh, the Nook, uh, Barnes and Noble still had the old credit card, so it was declined. And then that put that purchase into some sort of horrible limbo where oh, I, yeah, I remember you complaining about yeah, this. Yeah, I, I had to call an 800 number and they were like, it's going to take 24 hours for this to flush from the system. But once you do that, you can rebuy the book. And then I waited 24 hours and rebought the book and the same fucking thing happened again. I've never had – I'm sure somebody out there has had those problems with the Kindle. I've never had that kind of problem with Amazon. I've never, ever reached a situation with an Amazon purchase that it was like, you're going to have to call an 800 number to, to fix this. The other thing uh, – the Which other is reason a why pro in my book. It's some just, people do prefer the Nook because it has EPUB support. Which can, that is the other doesn't big have, thing. But isn't, I think Kindle is supposed to be adding that soon. I don't know. I don't know what they've said they're adding that. Uh, it's rel- If you have unencrypted EPUBs, it's relatively easy to convert them using Calibre or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it supports the PRC format and the and the Mobi Pocket format. Can on I the read Kindle. PDFs on these devices? Also? Uh, it depends on the device. So I think the Nook has native PDF support. I think they added native PDF support to the Kindle third gen Kindle. Uh, with the with the the when they updated the software to the major release. I don't know about that. Um, I don't ever read PDF. Like the problem with PDFs is they're frequently formatted for multi-page devices, and they don't really work very well in e-readers. I read PDFs on iPad, not on the Kindle, but I'm sure right. you can. Right. Um. So I mean, if you like someone like me who's kind of in the market right now, is it really just a matter of preference, or is there a smart choice here? I, I mean, my recommendation continues. I, I like. The, the, I'm kind of at a point now uh, with the the way the the Kindle store works. That it's hard to recommend something other just because it's so convenient. It's tied to the Amazon stuff. Um, they make the customer service stuff really dead simple and idiot proof. Um, and they, they have everything. I mean, there's no, when, when, when you can buy Harry Potter as an ebook, it's going to be on Amazon first. I'm 99%. I'm interested certain. in the whole, th- this whole landscape of these e-ink, these dedicated e-reader wars. I think it's very interesting. Well, you there's know? not really much of a war is the thing. Well, Kindle obviously is the big daddy. Right. But, you know, Nook is is in there slugging away and it's it's a good product. I think this new touch reader is, is going to help them immensely. Yeah. Uh, the store obviously is very competitive. I think that's that's all good. And, you know, we're seeing this kind of war of, world, war of words right now. You know, there's this whole thing going on uh, between... Barnes and Noble and Amazon right now over battery life, and Barnes and Noble claiming that Amazon are misrepresenting uh, the the battery life in these devices. It's it's becoming quite testy. I so the battery life thing. I mean, my feeling on battery life is I don't kind of care as long as it's more than a week or two. That's the right. Thing. I mean, once you once you cross and yeah. fifty hours of reading, who cares? Yeah. I mean, it's it's at that we point. We have a story about that on set right now. Ooh, I like that. I mean, you're, yeah, you're you're picking nits at that point. Yeah. I I, I just. I mean, it's gonna, what it's going to boil down to is what's the best experience for buying and reading books. Uh, and, and I mean, everybody I know that has bought a Nook later went out and bought a Kindle. The big thing for a, me. Which is a very damning 
thing as far as I – I mean Dave and, and some of the top men bought, both bought Nooks because they wanted EPUB support mm-hmm. and then very quickly realized that they don't want EPUB support. They want an easy and convenient way to get books on the thing and the Amazon stuff is that the – mainly because of the one-click patent. Yeah. I mean really the, the only thing – One-click purchase patent to be Yeah. Honest. That's very cool and the, the, the only thing that's really pushing me towards the Nook would be the touch and for me to – before I can really jump on that, I would want to you know test it and see that it's actually responsive and not shitty. I mean, the th- well, it's, the thing is, it's not going to be good for. It's not going to be interactive like a like an iPad or a phone keyboard. Well, is. no, obviously not. Right, because the refresh is still three three to five frames a second, not thirty frames. You know, a second. maybe it's not that. But you know, at the end, of, like you say, if if really all the books are getting loaded on through other devices, like from your laptop or whatever, it kind of doesn't matter. And you know, the, the 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 page turning, I'm perfectly happy with the Kindle buttons. Maybe touch is not that big a deal. The big loser is iBooks. I mean, if you want to if you want to talk about it, because iBooks is a well, is Google an evolutionary books. dead end. No, no, iBook. Well, both. Google Books, at least there's Android apps. And it's open. And it's open. With with iBooks, I mean, yeah. basically, you're completely married to Apple forever and ever from that point right. on. Some people are okay with that. I would like to see the next Kindle uh, inline remote controls for page turning. I, I was like uh, at the gym watching a bunch of people read Kindles uh, while on the treadmill. Oh, so and, you just have a thing in your hand and you tap right, the button? And it was really awkward to see them like – because the Kindle's on the, the treadmill and then having to like push the button. Yeah. Um, if – it has a has a headphone out, I and mean, they just need to add another. Well, if we're talking about the distant future, the year five thousand, you know what the future there is? Is it there's a camera on the front of it? It just tracks your eyes when you turn the page. No, it turns automatically. What's the difference between being in the iBooks world and being married to iDevices, and being in the Kindle world and being married to those devices? Well, there's Kindle apps on every platform. I mean, there'll be a Kindle app on a WebOS. There's a Kindle app for Windows Phone Seven. With the iBooks, you're, you, there is never going to be an iBooks app for Android or WebOS or WinPhone 7. Right. Or Windows. Right. You are married to iBooks forever and ever. But for people like me who are perfectly cozy within the Apple ecosystem, then uh, it's all good. Well, that's fine. Get, drink your Kool-Aid. Do you think Apple Mountain, would ever, Mountain Apple? Do you think Apple would ever do a, uh, an e-reader? Raspberry. No. Uh, no. No, no. They, make, they have no. an e-reader. It's called the iPad. But iBooks is – is there for them to sell? IPads. I know, but they could get into this low-cost, dedicated e-ink market. The, when has Apple ever entered a low-cost, dedicated market? Shuffle. Apple wants to sell yeah. expensive Nano. things. Yeah, shuffle. There's not going to be an e-ink reader from Apple. Jobs doesn't. Remember when Jobs came out and said people don't read books anymore? Well, he's wrong about that. Yes, he is. Anyway, a uh, couple also, other people don't want to watch video on their iPods. That is true. <laughs> he's not wrong about that. That is true. I, I, I can't. I, Maybe a TV show, but I can't watch a whole movie on my phone. It's just – it's not the way YouTube you do clips. it. It's YouTube clips. You need an yeah. enormous Samsung infused 4G, which we'll talk about in a minute. OK. Uh, Twitter bot tweet, tweet Deck. Do we care? I mean I use Tweet Deck. It's nice. What are they going to do with it is the question. Bragg has been really quiet lately. Are you still there, Matt? Oh, I'm still here. OK. Hang on. You guys went into Kindle mode. Beasts. I mean you got to remember this doesn't really – Oh, yeah. You don't have Kindle uh, in Canada. Well, yeah. hey, let's we talk about Kindle in Canada. We, we can talk well, about Well, no. We Hulu. have Kindle, but we don't have access to any of the books. What? What's the point of having it? Ah, uh, beats me. <laughs> Wait, what? So what? Uh, hold on. Zoom you, so market. you can. What do you read? Paper? Well, <laughs> well, there's that. No, no, they only, blank pages. Only comics. We we have that. access to um we have access to certain books, but I mean a large majority of them we don't get. Like I went last week. I, I we were talking about Stephen Levy's uh, Google Book. Yeah. Uh, on, on Campfire last week. I can't buy that here. The Plex. Um, the Plex. It, like it's it, wow. things that I should be able to buy. I cannot buy. Wow. That's weird. That's why Canada is a land full of pirates. Yeah. Or people who go to books or yeah. hipsters. Yeah, or hipsters. Right, who actually go to bookstores. Yeah, that too. It's all used bookstores up in Canada. 
choose from 560,000 books. It's just none of the books that I want. How many people live in Canada? Like 120 million or something? (laughs) 32 million. Oh, that's it? What? It's like 36 or something. No way. You guys are smaller than California. A A lot of it is just desolate, dude. Well, yeah, wait, it's wait. Oh, yeah. We have two hundred three hundred million, dude. Oh, Canada's like now. the cold Australia. You've got like a ha- <laughs> you've got a handful of like populated cities, and then just nothing. Wow. Yeah, it's totally true. Wikipedia well, it's all Saskatchewan. Says, yeah. Uh, population. Yeah, thirty four. Wow. And, and fewer beaches yeah. than Australia. Oh, yeah. And I think it, it's the land mass is at least the size of the United States. How right? many people? How many people live in Mexico City? I think more people live in Mexico City than Canada. That may be true. Uh, Mexico City. Fact checking, killing this podcast. Oh, What's the country? world's most populous city? Is it still Sao Paulo or one uh, of those places? I bet it's, it's not, population's eight eight point eight. Could oh, be like yeah. Calcutta. It's a fourth of your country. Yep. LA is fourteen million. That's half of Canada, right there. Yeah. LA is not fourteen million. <laughs> yeah, it is. LA and Orange County. Yeah. Well, that's that's big. That's LA. LA Greater County. metropolitan area. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, no. I had no idea. I thought you had like I thought you had a lot of people there, man. We this could, this we is totally... the this is the trend with Canada. We are the technological backwater. We don't you've have got, Google Music. Like I said, you've got you've got small pockets of people huddled together to keep warm <laughs> and in these cities, these enclaves. Well, then Vancouver. It's like the Seattle of the far north. That's what I'm saying. And Seattle's the Portland yeah. of the of the not slightly less. So Cartman isn't going to have any nightmares like, about Canadians coming. It's over like a to lot of people America. huddled together to keep warm, and then they built skyscrapers and stuff. Wow. Yep. Okay. Which keeps us even colder. Yeah, well, I mean, why would you do that? Do you think you'd huddle into the earth like Morlocks? Yeah. It's always Cana- 56 degrees You think Canadian Fahrenheit. cities would be like un- big underground well, I thought they were caves and like hobbit igloos. holes and things. <laughs> and, and every Canadian listener is screaming at their radio right now. Sorry, guys. That was Gary, not me. Uh, Windows 8 out in 2012. Bomber let slip that they're calling it Windows 8. That is no surprise Well, to not anyone. only that, that it would be 2012, and the PR team quickly said, no, no, no It'll, it's when it's done. So do we think that yeah. that's too soon, or uh, like, do we need Windows 8 right now? Why not? Why not? I think it is too soon. I like I like uh, constantly refreshed OS. I think Apple set a good tone with the way they've handled OS 10 with updates yeah. every 12 to but 18 months. that's called OS 10 point – that's the 10 system, like OS 10 – with le- 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 I think names. that the naming scheme for OS 10 is dopey. Oh, you think you should, we should be OS 14 right now? I, I don't care what they call the OS as long as it's updated and continues being relevant and good. I think naming schemes are dope. I, like, I think we spend way too much time talking about what people call shit. Well, here's the problem. Well, here's the difference, actually. Updating from Leopard to Leopard is, is cheap, relatively cheap. $30. 30 bucks. Updating from Windows 7 to 8 will probably not be that cheap. But, no, but well, it never has been. I mean, it, it depends on what, and who actually updates. People buy the full versions all the time. So the interesting things that came out of this are uh, well, and this and the Mango thing too are that Microsoft has been paying attention to how Apple promotes OS updates. When Windows Seven came out, they had all the messaging around how it makes your life better and easier in mm-hmm. super vague, unspecific <laughs> terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas they thought, that, they thought that's what people wanted because they thought that well, because no, because they they're mass market and they're dumbing it down for the for the mouth breathers. Yes. Well, that was my idea. Dumbing it down for the mouth breather, breathers. No, I was making a Windows 7 joke. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that yeah. Uh, I mean, the most uh, the, the most used OS is still Windows XP, right? Which is two generations I ago. I don't think that's the case anymore. We're, we're get, coming up on the end of that. Because Windows – he said Windows 7, they expect to sell 350 million units worldwide. Right. Uh, by the time uh, – by the end of 2012, I think is what Balmer said, which <laughs> would put that over the XP threshold. I mean, the, the so the thing about – the thing about um, – it may be pirated more. I mean, because of piracy, because XP is heavily pirated. Yeah. Um, the, the, I, 
I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's it's time. There's like part of the thing that happens with OS updates is that they gradually introduce new concepts and new ideas. And and for a lot of the audience, you can't just change shit overnight or else they flip out and well, go back to using XP. And that's the thing. I mean, Windows 7 is not that old, right? I mean, a lot of people are pretty it's, happy with it. It came out it. in 2009. Right, so people are pretty happy with it. I mean, they seem, you know, obviously Vista was a mistake, but now they've corrected all those mistakes. People, right. they got it right with Windows Seven. Everyone likes Windows Seven. Why do we? But it's not a perfect. I mean, there's no perfect OS. There's always room for improvement. Technology marches forward. But why can't it just be like a snow leopard type thing? Where it's like, hey, we've improved a bunch of stuff. We're going to charge you a nominal fee. I don't know if you're to aware keep of it this, new. but companies like Microsoft and Apple are around to make money. Yes, and Apple makes a shitload of money, right. and they did it with Snow Leopard, which is a $20 update. But the reason Snow Leopard was a $30 update right, $30. is because they said, hey, we're not changing anything that you're going to notice. We're just going to make it a little bit faster. Right, so is Windows 8 well, going to no, be no, a no, whole no, new no. thing? When Apple sold Snow Leopard, there was that landing page. We have you know, hundreds of updates. Well, but, but that was all selling behind-the-scenes updates. People really cared about that stuff, and that's how that's how, that's why at the like the Mango event they're like we have five hundred five hundred updates. Um, what, what, I mean, what are we crying out for that Windows eight is going to provide? Well, there's a bunch of shit that's still hard to do, like the home group thing in Windows seven. The well, we're going to make home network sharing easier. That was a horrific failure. I mean, it does it works, but it's nobody uses it because it's not supported across multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hell, home server doesn't even support home share. I think it does with with Vail, but. It didn't in in uh, in uh, the original release of Home Server, which is a Microsoft product. Uh, I mean, there's there's things that can be easier and faster and simpler to do. I mean, that's that's what it boils down to. And they're going to push cloud uh, hard in this. Like, I would like to see cloud syncing with profiles so that you migrate profiles from computer to computer, stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I don't right. know. I don't know what Windows needs that it doesn't have. I feel I'm really happy with Windows. That's what 7. I'm saying. Well, the, the, but there's new technology the, that's uh, come out. The lock screen stuff, so a lot of ambient info. Right. They need to. They need to support uh, kind of hybrid hard drive situations where you have an SSD and a, and a hard drive. I mean, it's dopey that you can't put your profile, your home directory, your user directory, and your uh, Windows install on different different partitions. Hey, and there'll probably be a store. Yeah, and there's going to be an app store. What about this uh, this business of Balmer saying for the umpteenth time, and this time with Windows 8, we're going to take gaming seriously? Well, that's how many I've heard that since Windows ME came out. Sick of hearing yeah. my literally my second day at Maximum PC, I had a Windows ME briefing. Those guys came and said, "Hey, we're making PC gaming mainstream," and then they <laughs> and then that was Windows ME. Was that, was that around the same time that they brought in Microsoft Bob? Oh my. No, that was that was in ninety. Years. That was in two thousand. Bob was way before I started. Well, the last. So, I mean, the last big attempt, and it was a fairly high profile attempt. Was was games, the games, games, for Windows. games for Windows? Yeah, they yeah. had those branded boxes. They tried to make yeah. game, they make tried to I make like the, the branded boxes, boxes look more like console boxes. Yeah, but this was it, a this was a platform. They did a lot of good things. The they branding the, is perfect. They had spot the, on. Well, they had the, the Windows branding. Experience meter and all that bullshit. Well, no, the fuck the Windows Experience meter, but like. The standardization, like gamepad support, USB gamepad support. Yeah, that's yes. fantastic. If yes. you use an I Xbox gamepad, the installer process being super straightforward. Yeah. They, that's had good a mag- they had a magazine. Our friend Jeff Green, you know, did the Windows <laughs> magazine, <laughs> and it was all good. The magazine was good. Yeah. They created a legendary podcast out of it. There, there, were, there, were many, there were many good things that came out of it. Yeah. And yet, they still, Steam still embarrassed them. Like Val came along and said, "This is how you do it." Well, I mean, the fundamental problem with games for Windows is that everything right up to the experience of playing the game is pretty good. Like the controller stuff is the one high note, but all of the overlay stuff, the fact that there's still in 2011 no persistent um, 
No, no persistent uh, – uh, like there's not an app that I can run on my Windows machine that says, hey, Gary's playing this right now. You can go join him if you'd like. There, yep. there, there is an app. It's called Steam. I'm yeah. going to tell you – Here's the thing. <laughs> Windows – Microsoft doesn't need to sell gaming on Windows. It, it hurts them more than it helps them. Well, I that, think it was uh, – Steam know, sells gaming on Windows. It's embarrassing right. for Microsoft I think because Xbox showed us all how to do this. The Xbox Live system is fucking great. You yeah. mean for multiplayer matchmaking and all that? That's for, I'm, pl- I'm playing a game or watching a movie and a thing comes up. Will Smith is online. Because it works for yeah. the, the sitting on the couch or TV experience. You have been invited to play Tiger Woods with Will or whatever. It's great. Yeah, I, I don't brilliant. want that on the PC. Why not? Because I, I, I have a mouse and keyboard. I don't need pop-ups all the time. But you don't, I, I so you don't like the little Steam notifications that come up saying oh, I'm God, now playing turn, this game? Turn, turn all this off. I can alt-tab and, and see my friends list if I wanted to see what you're playing. But, but but basic things that Microsoft <sighs> pioneered with Xbox, like unified friends and notifications. Yeah, Steam came along. And, Steam came along. Achievements. Steam came along and put that all on the PC. Yeah, in a way that Microsoft didn't. Seamless. I, just, I think that's weird. Well, I mean, Microsoft was focused on other things. They were focused on pushing DLC into existing games for Windows games more than making multiplayer seamless yes, and Windows easy. Live. Yeah, I mean, the the thing that they that they mucked up with when games for Windows Live is that they they. Like the consoleification of multiplayer that Xbox Live did is is awesome. I love that. I think it's really good. It makes all that stuff dead simple. But they, you know, integrating that with the existing way PC games work with multiplayer servers and things like that, where communities build up around a particular server rather than around your friends list, is is it, it doesn't work the same. They didn't accommodate that well, and it it just doesn't work well. And then Steam came out and just absolutely clean ate their sandwich, clean their. Marshmallow. Hey, what is hey, the lunch? Clean their clocks. You're yeah, whatever. A lot of yeah, I'm mixing metaphors. Mixed here. metaphors. But I mean, at this point, what games for Windows Live should be is a way to make Peggle easier to play on on the PC. I mean, they should be leaning into Facebook games and all that. So no hardcore gamer. That brand is tarnished to the point that when you go to the Games for Windows Live forum, the thing that is in there was a thread. From people bitching about Dirt 3, including Games for Windows Live, and asking, like, the Games for Windows forums exist so people can bitch about Games for Windows. Mm-hmm. There's no, nobody likes Games for Windows Live. Well, now Games for Windows is a marketplace. Now it's just a, a, a e-tailer. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's a bad one at that. Like, when you download well, all those... deals. No, 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 no not, I'm not talking about deals. I'm talking about the experience. When I download... Like, I, it took I don't me even know where that so fucking store is or how to get to it. It's games you have to, it's, it's installed with, oh. with games. For, yeah. It's a, the, is like it a it, website or an app? It's, or there's an app. It's just a website. Okay. And a website, both. See, you, you, you guys don't even kind of get your story I don't straight. care. It's a website. The now. thing is, like, getting Fallout 3 DLC to work, which should be the easiest thing ever. I have a game. It's already installed thanks to Steam. Yeah. I would like to buy the extra content for that for a grand total of probably $40. And I spent the money. And then it took me 10 hours and like forum posts and support calls to get it to work. Pathetic. Well, I mean, that was a long time ago. They've fixed those problems, but I don't care. It's too late. I've moved on. When I buy a DLC from Steam, it just shows up. I don't even have to think about it. It's just in the game. Right. Uh, if they want to make gaming, PC gaming better, they should pre-install Steam with Windows 8. That's that's my <laughs> I that's agree. My I mean, the system, I mean, why even try competing? Steam has, has done it so well and has so clearly won this this war, if you want to call it that. I think Microsoft just come to them and say, look, is there some way that we can – do you want to be on like every new install of Windows? Here's $7 billion we would like to buy you. Yes. And then they can ruin Steam. I don't think Valve would ever, <laughs> would ever sell to uh, – they, they won't. Think about the number of zeros and then think about – well, I mean the thing is it's not like Gabe needs more money. I, yeah, I, th- I think you may be mis- uh, underestimating just how rich Valve already That's is. That's true. 
there is that. Uh, so yeah, Windows 8 2012, I mean, I don't think anybody's surprised by it. I mean, I know some people were surprised by that. I don't think we live in a world where you can buy an OS. XP was an anomaly that will never ever happen again and probably shouldn't have happened in the first place except for Microsoft fucked Vista up so bad. You know, you, yeah. you can't expe- buy a piece of software and expect it to last 10 years if you want to maintain, remain up to date. If you want to have the same functionality that you had 10 years ago, yes, you can do that. I'm yeah. sure the federal government will continue doing that. Right. <laughs> But I, I want my computer to be constantly evolving. That's why yeah. I have a computer. It's an easy way for them to the, make they make money off us. I know, like even if Windows 8 is a minor step back in functionality, if it, even if it's Vista, I know I'm going to upgrade. Aren't you a little bit gun shy now, though? Like after, I'm not going to upgrade after, if after it's, Vista, if it's Vista. Like who really wants to be the first, the, the, the early adopter on a new OS? Well, because Microsoft who, who knows what might happen. They they learned it. I mean, I was gun shy, and then Windows 7 came out out of the box, and it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's the difference. Even the betas were solid. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've learned the mistakes. They're, they're aggressively going after the hardware OEMs to make good drivers that will be ready on launch day for key components and even printers and things like that. Like, I, yeah, I, I've... The I, beta was the best idea ever. Yeah, that big open beta is, is saved, their, saved their reputation and sold a lot of copies of Windows 7 to, to consumers. I mean, I, I, as long as something is better and the OS works better and it's more easier to use or more, more smart or works more the way I do, yeah, I'm totally going to Yeah, in general, it. we approve of yeah. you know, things getting better. Even like little dopey things like the folder I use most on the PC is the downloads folder. And with <laughs> Windows 7, they gave you the option of putting the downloads folder in the start menu. So it's like the, uh. the easiest thing ever to click. Yeah. Like so, as long as they keep doing stuff like that and, and take away keystrokes for me, I'll pay 150 bucks for a new version of Windows. Mm-hmm. I got no beef with that. Uh, and then the last thing, iPhone 5 rumors. Lots of there's iPhone more. Yeah, there's curved glass. Oh, yeah. I like this curved glass thing that I'm hearing. iOS 5, clearly they're going to talk about that at WWDC in two weeks. I mean, no surprises mm-hmm. there. Yeah. You guys gonna be there? Um, uh, well, I don't know. Do we qualify as press Apple? We'll see. <laughs> also, E3 is the day after. Yeah, E3 is ah. the day after. I'm gonna be in Phoenix for a wedding, unless we get invited into the WWDC stuff. So I might come back early. One of that. the iOS five. I don't know if this is a rumor or so. I, I it certainly hasn't been confirmed, but there, a lot of people are now saying that. Um, iOS 5 will only go back as far as the iPhone 4. If you've got a 3GS, it's not, they're not going to make it. I think that's fair. Which I, I think it. I think is right. You know, what we learned from the iOS 4 is that it's not a good idea to try to go two generations of phones back. Like, if you tried to put iOS 4 on your 3G, you right. basically just bricked your well, phone. And that gives you parity with uh, Android with their new 18-month thing as well. Right. I mean, the, I, I don't think it's realistic to expect a two-year-old phone to continue being supported indefinitely. Right. Um. That's a weird noise. Which is a shame, seeing as in Canada we have three-year contracts. Well, you <laughs> – Least of your problems. Yeah. God, it's like yeah. a prison sentence when, you, when it gets that long, isn't You're it? B- born into yep. almost America. It's like, um, like, like 10 years from now, like my, my son's going to be born and he's going to have my cell phone contract. Yeah. Like I've got to pass it on to my, my firstborn son. <laughs> Here's a Nokia 6830. You're, this is your phone for the first 20 years of your life, Billy. <laughs> Um, what do you guys want to see out of iOS five? I know the big thing I want is new notif- is a better notification system. Yeah. That's all. Actually, that's all, pretty much. That's I would like ambient data and all that stuff. But if they add unified inbox and a notification system that doesn't fuck up whatever I'm working on at any given you don't time, want, you don't want those pop ups. I the pop ups are terrible. So what, what differentiated pop ups? What's what's a better way? Well, the tray, the Android tray is quite nice. I like that. That's okay. But you don't want that necessarily on iOS because Android tray has too much info. 
Well, yeah, sometimes the Android tray is overkill and it's too granular to have to manage all this stuff. There's no – the thing is looking at the different notification systems, there is no good notification system on a mobile handset today. Nothing is perfect. Nobody's cracked that yet. You know the recording status bar that pops up in GarageBand? I would love if that was a notification bar. Hmm. Yeah, the red, the red bar? Yeah. Well, it does I would, that. I would be totally fine with that. It gives you a green bar. You don't have an iPhone, but it, does, it gives you the green bar when you're on a call and yeah. shell back out as well. I mean, there just needs to be something that's that's because right now, if you get uh, ten invites, meeting invites, and two Twitter notifications, once you hit close on the first one, you can't see the others. Sometimes yeah. it's just it's just broken. That's true. I mean, it worked when the only things that could do pop up notifications were calendar and text, and it doesn't work when every app can do pop up notifications. You guys notice that uh, the text message notification, the the vibration is different from email. Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, I, I have very, very, very few apps that are allowed to push notifications to me. Oh, absolutely. But like, I do have some that are Carcassonne and Twitter. I let, I let Twitter push notifications for people I follow when they yeah. at reply me. Yes. So, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, that's the best thing ever. Yeah. Only people you care about. Yeah, I think the only well, thing, about the only you thing that know. I actually allow to push notifications apart from the calendar. Is um, words with friends when it's my move. Yeah, I do carcass, car, carcassonne, carcassonne, whatever, yeah. however you pronounce that. Yeah, ticket to ride now too. Oh God, the game's awesome. <laughs> uh, so I guess that does it for news this week. Uh, let's uh, talk about what we've been testing. I'm going to play some music. It's a bit of a big phone week here in the office. Norm, you've been working on the Xperia Play for yeah. the last uh, what seven days now? Like a week and a half. Yeah, how, how are you feeling about it? Um, it's thick. It, well, if you don't play games, don't get this phone. Okay. Uh, and the games, uh, it's out today. So. Yeah, we have a quick look on the site. We should yep. probably bump that back up to the top. Uh, it was on over all, all weekend. Okay. Um, so it's out today. Uh, the games are good. I actually found more games like during this podcast because it's, it's on Verizon, which isn't the greatest thing. And the VCast uh, apps. Um, you, you buy the games through the VCast store. Well, you buy some games through VCast. You can still buy through Android Market. Okay, and that's where I realized that because uh, this is a loaner, and uh, Sony was Sony Ericsson was paying for our VCast pur- purchases. Okay, I was buying stuff through the VCast, but if you get go through the market, there's actually a much larger selection. So I found this game, uh, Air Attack, which I wish I had found earlier, and I just bought it with my own money, and it's awesome. Oh, cool. Uh, Question: Is yes. stuff available through VCast also available through Market? Because we obviously don't have VCast up here. Uh, there are some exclusives, but the exclusives aren't, okay. aren't too many. Um, I would assume that there will be a, a I mean, carrier market for you guys too, for whoever has the phone. And it's not like apps like apps can support Xperia Play configurations even if they're in market. It's just like an updated patch for those oh, okay. apps. Yeah, that's uh, nice. So the Xperia Play, uh, in case you haven't been paying attention so far, is the Sony. It's the PlayStation phone, is what people call it. It's not really what what it is, but it has analog uh, two analog touchpads, two a D pad, uh, uh, the normal. X circle square triangle. If you've seen the array. PSP Go, you've basically yeah, seen it looks this. like that. Except for the PSP Go doesn't have the two touchpads in the middle; it just right. has the little knob. Right. Um, it's it seems pretty neat. I mean, I I like the th- literally the thing I look at when I I want to try with this is is a SNES emulator because it seems like it would be perfect for playing SNES games. I got a chance to play with it a little bit before the show, and it's it's a it's it, it's a novel experience. It's really nice to be able to slide a phone open and go, oh shit, these are game controls. real controls. Real, yeah. right, this is actually like it's a legitimate gaming handheld. Well, and, and it's also a really decent Android phone. I mean, there is some minor uh, Sony Ericsson UI stuff, yeah. but it's gingerbread. It, so it's it's one core of the gingerbread. Few phones with gingerbread. Android phones right now. In right the now, US, at in least. In the US with gingerbread. Yeah. It is a single core um, 
processor and I mean it is kind I mean, of bulky but in real in real terms how does it compare to like a PSP or a, or a DS in terms of the so gaming so you turn game, game titles and no, right I mean, now, I'm saying in terms of like the like they oh, so good the way games. more powerful than a DS. Okay, uh, from what Carmack has tweeted in the past, ARM Cortex A8, depending on which graphics chipset you put into it, can be equivalent to or greater than a PSP. Okay, so that's pretty decent. Yeah, but again, again, it depends on the game titles. There's only one PS1 game right now on there, Crash Bandicoot, and I anticipate because uh, right now this is not this is while this is PlayStation certified, the PlayStation Sweet Store is not out yet. Okay. So later this summer, and that yeah, they, they said that's coming later this so year. So we'll, or this we'll summer. Pr- hopefully see like a whole a whole yeah Sony brand of Sony PlayStation because it's Sony Ericsson phone hardware, but Sony PlayStation would be foolish not to have an old PSP Go games. I expect to see online. Tomb Raider and Ridge Racer and all the the yeah. the traditional PSP game I, uh, PS One. This games. is just a personal preference, but I can't get into this too much. The, the style of games are not. For me, like I was playing the Spider-Man game, yeah, and it just feels like playing a kind of a shitty scaled-down version of a console. Game. Well, the, the thing, the thing, this is why I keep talking coming back to the NES stuff. Like this type of experience, this type of control is perfect for 2D side-scrolling, top-down yeah. that type of game. Yeah, like Mario. And yeah, stuff. I would play that. I don't want to play like if this was a Nintendo phone, I would have bought it already. Oh yeah. <laughs> God, why don't they do that? Well, because the problem, the thing, the thing that Nintendo, that Sony doesn't have, because the PlayStation launched at the beginning of the 3D era, all they have are those, like the early 3D games for consoles from the N64 on, didn't, they don't really hold up. Like the graphics, it just looks like a whole shitload of triangles kind of poorly arranged on the screen, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's a personal preference. I know people are going to get really enraged in the comments, but I, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of nostalgia for early 3D. No, and that's what these feel like. They feel like fucking Bubsy the Bobcat type type games. And like, I like the big splendiferous, you know, graphic extravaganza 3D 3D things that I play on my Xbox and my PlayStation at home. Yeah. When it, when it's just a thing in my hand, if it's my phone, I just want to play Peggle and game dev story and stuff like that. Like these games that kind of like halfway towards being like a full game experience, but still kind of half assed because it's a little screen and technology's not that great. Well, the, eh. the thing I'm really interested in seeing is what's like what Final Fantasy VII, like if they can get together with Square to get that released for this, like that, like JRPGs. If you're into JRPGs, seem like they'd be good games that are uh, kind of the in the Professor Layton mold. The I, I want to say yeah. adventure games, but they're really kind of point and click adventures, uh, right. uh, puzzle games. Right. Uh, that kind of stuff is really interesting for this type of device, but really like there, I can think of very few titles that came out on the Nest that I wouldn't want to play on my phone. Yeah, I mean, I would play, especially if you have fast resume and and, oh, yeah. and like just close the slider and yeah, it pauses. instant save states. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm really interested. Like that yeah. makes that much more. interesting. I would love that. I'd, I'd much rather have like all the WiiWare catalog than these like shitty PlayStation One games. Right. I don't know. I it's mean, just, I was I didn't I wasn't a huge fan of the phone PlayStation first. One, though. Yeah, phone, phone first. That's the thing about this. then a console. So how is it as a phone? It's it's a good phone. Okay. It's, it, uh, it, it, do, it, it does have the bloatware on it, right? I pressed apps and straight into VCast. I'm like, fuck V-cast, off. Yes. VCast and V-Navigate and stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> How do you really feel, Gary? <laughs> um, it, 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 uh, but, I mean, it's not, they're not using a custom launcher. It's the stock experience. You can't remove the VCast off. Uh, it's, well, it's on the system partition, so you'd have to root the phone to remove it. I assume that if you root the phone, then it's relatively easy to remove if you want to. It's like, an, it's like having an incurable disease. It's you, like you the doctor saying to you, you, you're just stuck with it. We can't do anything. Yeah. We can't cut it out. No yeah. medicine will work. You're just going to have to – we can manage the pain. But yeah. that's what you're going to – you're just going to have to live with VCast um, or TouchWiz or whatever shit that they've stuck you with. 
Yes, that is exactly the situation. Yes. Uh, so I've also been testing the Samsung Infuse 4G, which I foolishly mm. left sitting on my nightstand today. I've seen some TV commercials for that. It made it look very fancy. So I'm going to say, uh, like, I think it's well established how I feel about the Captivate. Yeah. I, it was an AT&T Samsung Galaxy One phone. You despise it. I, it is not my favorite phone. Although running CyanogenMod, it's quite nice, All I right. have to say. Okay. Uh, I haven't uh, – I, I am impressed with what they've done with this phone. Still using TouchWiz. It is a four and a half inch screen, which is enormous. Is that bigger than the Evo? Uh, yeah, the Evo is four point three, I think. So oh, yeah, right. so this is one of those jumbo screens. It's, it seems like it would be a pocket killer, but it's it's really really thin, so mm. you don't actually notice it. That I wish much. you'd have brought it in. I'd like to see. I, I know. I'll bring it in next week. Um, I want to sample really 4G data speeds for my for my sound. Well, then, never, this never isn't a phone it. that you should use for that. Why not? AT and T's four G is not really four G, isn't it? I did a speed it test with the with the iPhone four. And the Evo 4G or the the Inspire 4G right next to each other, uh, sitting in traffic the other day, and I've I've done that. I've repeated this a couple times, gotten more or less the same results. Basically, no speed difference, maybe a little lower latency, but that seems to even go up. So and how down. do they get away with calling it 4G? Well, it's HSPA plus. I, I blah 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 yeah, blah. Exactly. Uh, it's not LTE. It's not WiMAX, which are the other two things people are calling 4G. It's basically a. It's a, like a dot one increment to the HSPA spec that should bump you from six megabits theoretical maximum to like fourteen uh, megabits. So this is bullshit. Then it's not really. It a is 4G marketing phone. bullshit. Okay. Yes. I don't. AT and T does not have a four G network as as of well, this they, time. They announced. I, I would argue that they barely have a three G network. Right. I'm sorry. I would argue that they barely have a three G network. Yeah. You, you know, you bitch about that a lot. It's not been a big problem for me lately. Like they've they've fixed those problems in the last year. Oh, I as think. long as you're all right. Yeah, that's all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, man. I'm all right. Jack. Pull the ladder up. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I don't even know what you're talking about there, but that was funny. Uh, it, it's uh, the the screen is big. It's super AMOLED. So whereas the Atrix has kind of a bad TFT screen, the Inspire 4G looks really nice. Uh, the the it's running Froyo, which is kind of a minus point, but they've actually fixed the TouchWiz stuff, so it's fast enough that you can use it. Uh, and it does have the AT&T bloatware pre-installed in a way that you have to. Re- I, I just to I can't it. keep up with the Android phone market. It's like there's there's something. It's new not for you every week. They're gonna run out of names. It's, it's not yeah. for you. It's I'd love to be. I'd love to be the guy. I've Infuse. always said that I wanted to be the guy that comes up with the names of the products at IKEA. Yes. Flurge. <laughs> yes. Splonge. I think they just take words from. Umlaut. Blug blugblar. The blugblar chair. <laughs> But I actually think I'd like to be the guy that comes up with names for Android phones. Well, the, the, I think it's the same guy that comes up with the name for Android phones and cars from, from Asia. So, yeah, like, yeah. if you look at it, it's all made up names, made up words for, for, you know, what's a Camry? It's a car. Yeah. It's just no, but all, all Android phone names are real names. Well, they are so far, but they're going to have to change soon. They're going to run out of inspiring names. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it, it's like English battleships. Didn't the they always HTC have names fast. like Indomitable? Yeah, and, Undaunted and right, things like that. Right. Fearless. I want my phone to be named Fearless. Do you? I, I'm, Unbreakable. I'm buying the HTC not a Indestructible. <laughs> yeah. Right. Asterisk. Yeah, I think they could probably get <laughs> This phone is not actually indestructible. This phone is not actually indestructible. It's very destructible. Right. It's, it turns out it's actually made of, 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 of uh, stunt glass. So you can smash through it and it will not cut you. Uh, uh, let's see. Other stuff we've been testing. Minecraft exclusive for the Xperia Play. That's kind of interesting. We haven't tested that though. That's, that's part of news. Yeah. Probably been announced at E3. You put it in the what we're testing section. Well, it was under the Xperia Play. Okay. I don't know why you added Infuse 4G. You put 4G. it under the Infuse 4G. No, oh. you added Infuse 4G. Well, it's what we're testing. Oh, man. This is, uh, this is, this is what happens when poopy people behind the do veil this. curtain. Um, Lenovo X1. You, the review went up uh, last night. Is it up now? Yeah. I, I didn't check the site this morning because I was unconscious. And uh, 
It's the 13 inch X series revamped. It's the it's the successor to the X300. Lenovo X300, which has been out of out of. I think they did an X301, but the X, that that model's been unavailable for a while. Well, it's because they moved to the X2 200 yeah. series. It's a new industrial design. It doesn't have the little overhang lip that the mm-hmm. traditional X X300 had. Uh, it's nice. It has a chiclet keyboard. It's backlit. They got rid of the light. Sandy Bridge. I, yeah, Sandy Bridge. Dual core. It, dual core using integrated graphics. Uh, no SSD. I think the X300 launched with an SSD and then they added a physical hard drive later, a spinning disk later. Uh, it's a nice laptop. It's, it's too big for me. That's kind of where I, I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with it. I've got no beef, but the, it's, it's the same size essentially as a MacBook. 13 inch. A MacBook Pro 13 inch, which is a bigger laptop than I really want these days. It's actually a little bigger than a MacBook. Well, like wider, but the weights, I think it's a little lighter. 3.75. Kind of evens out. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a nice laptop. It's it is the fir- one of the first 13 inch laptops I would say you could use as a desktop replacement. They need a heavier, a higher resolution screen on that thing though. Gary's nodding off over there. I just had to get excited about new PC laptops. Yeah, no, hey, hey Gary, new MacBook Air, possibly June, July. Now that I am, we did that last week. We talk, we, that's been talked about. Yeah, uh, we did that already. And then the other thing we we did this week, we went to Maker Fair, had some churros. Good yeah. churro montage in that mm, video. I churros. think that was the high point. We got we more have videos. A video uh, that already on the site. A recap of all the things we saw at Maker Fair, all the cool stuff, and then two follow-up videos. Um, Norm and I learned how to pick locks. Yeah, did you? Yeah, <laughs> it was the biggest scam ever. I don't With think it was, a scam. it was totally a scam. So we walked into this pavilion. And we saw the lock picker guys, right? The uh, tools. T O O O O three O's. And um, like, oh man, I want to learn how to pick a lock. So we sat down and did so, went through the whole presentation and went through the demo. And they had these locks there, and we picked them. I'm like, oh, this is awesome! We can pick locks now. I want to buy a lock picking kit right now. Where can we do that? And uh, literally, we walked right we over walked there, right over to the kits. store, and paid like forty bucks each for a lock picking kit. I bought two kits. Actually. Let me guess: the demo locks are super easy to pick. Yes. Okay. And this past week since we've been back. Were you a carny in a past life? It just, it, Will it just and seems I, fucking obvious. We, we went this one lock that Will bought. I think that lock's jammed because I've picked it three we, or four we times. sat there and literally spent hour and a, like two hours trying to pick this one lock with these new kits that we bought. And neither of us can pick it. So I think I jammed one of the pins in that lock. Or you did when you were reaming it. You're, you kind of don't have a delicate touch on that, Chan. Uh, and then I went online and searched for like other lock picking kits like... 10, 15 bucks. Oh my god, are you kidding? <laughs> it didn't even come with a little leather pouch. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, I mean, isn't this isn't this all a bit shady anyway? I mean, who, why would you want people walking around who can pick locks? I mean, well, it's like, like a puzzle, kind of a, bit of a criminal thing to me. Well, the thing is, bump keys make it really easy to pick any kind of tumbler, uh, uh, pin key tumbler, pin tumbler lock. A bump key is just a thing that you push up all the pins into place and then you whack the lock right. and the pins get jammed up in the top and then you pull the key out and the the other half of the pins drop down. Okay. Uh, so, like, locks are a deterrent, not something that actually prevents people from getting into your house. That's the point. Yeah. Anyone with a, he- a big shoe and a lot of weight can get into right. your house. Right. So you or I could break in crazy norms, not so yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we learned how to pick locks. We had some churros. Uh, we saw some f- fire. Lots of fire, actually. We drove a Chevy Volt. I drove a Chevy <laughs> Volt. You rode. It's good. Uh, what else did we do? It's good maker fair. Other stuff, yeah. I mean, we had, had a delicious lunch. Mm-hmm. Oysters. Yeah, bar- well, you know, the next day I went back mm-hmm. and we went to don't, that. Don't say lunch again. It's already... It's starting to sound quite romantic. Place. That was good. Well, Anna was there. Anna was there. Oh, okay. She was tra- chaperone. Was chaperone you too? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Coke Zero It was mandated. I'm kind of tired of the Coke Zero pound. I don't want to see that anymore. What was that do? It's a Mentos Coke Zero Coke. Mentos and they have oh, they put Mentos in. Bellagio. That's trick in the book now. Well, they have a Bellagio style water show. Oh, like a synchronized display? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's supremely lame. I, it was cool a long time ago, but they've been Four doing it for like 10 years, years ago. now. 
Uh, I do want to do that trick where you take a mento, yeah, and you tape it to a bit of like a bit of you know tiny bit of cord, like a little bit of wire or twine or whatever. Yes, and then you screw the cap on the bottle of Coke so that it's holding it in place. Oh, boy. And then when the next person comes along yeah. and unscrews the cap, it drops the Mento into the thing and, you know, fun What times. is a singular form of Mentos? Mentos. Mentos. Well, isn't it men- is it Mentos? The, the guy in commercial says Mentos. The fresh, the fresh maker. maker. Yeah. Mentos. I say Mentos. Marketing I works. Mentos. I think it's Mentos. But then even one is still a Mentos. Hey, let's, a- let's answer some questions. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. It's just having fun. I need to Google a Mentos commercial after this now. No talking during the interstitials. Jesus. Sorry. Sorry. Jingle <laughs> Hello, Tested. Oh, wait. Hold on. If you have a question, the email is podcastattested.com. Use the headset microphone on your phone and the voice recorder if you want. If you want to be really cool, use Love Later. And never, ever, ever use what format, guys? Uh, WMV. Or WMA. WMA. Windows. Same thing every single audio. time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Podcastattested.com. Uh, hometown trivia. WMA. Is WTF. Hello, Tested Podcast. This is Edward from Seattle, Washington. I sent in a question a few weeks ago about what would be a good Windows MacBook Pro alternative. I ended up ordering a ThinkPad T420S. In general, I am pleased. It's ugly and it inexplicably still uses the retarded ThinkLite keyboard light, but it has a few features I like, such as an optical drive I can swap for a secondary battery and a mini SATA slot. It also is about one inch thick and is slightly under four pounds, which is less than a 13 inch MacBook Pro. I would say the worst thing about it is that the screen is very mediocre. Anyway, if there's interest, I can write up a first impressions post on the forums. I do have a separate question, though. I've noticed an alarming increase in the amount of technology product placements in TV shows. In the shows I watch, the most frequent offenders are Sprint, Ford, and Microsoft. These placements are so terrible, so out of place, and so disrupting that it makes me not want to buy their stupid shit. What do you guys think of this? If Gary's there, I would love to hear this perspective of someone who's in the industry. Thanks, guys. Gary wasn't paying attention to the question. He has a look of fear in his eyes right <laughs> yes, now. Yes, I was. The uh, answer uh, is uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lori's got to eat. Hold on. First off, eat? I want to I want to put a word out in defense of that Think Light, the smart, the, the the little LED light on those old Lenovo laptops. It used to be on the top edge of the laptop, up by, like where the camera is. Mm-hmm. You hit a keyboard shortcut and shine a little light. So if you're in a dark airplane or something, you have a little light on your laptop. It's it do- awesome. Does it, doesn't the screen provide illumination? It's a little different. It's, they did that instead of having a backlit keyboard. And also I do like a that. glossy a glossy screen with a light above the glossy screen. That's it was angled in such a way that it was not a problem. Oh, I like okay. the sound of that one feature where you can pull the drive out and put another battery in there. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, I like that's, that. That's definitely a good thing. Uh, so his question was, what about product placement in TV shows? And I've noticed this. Like watching Celebrity Apprentice, all of the computers that those guys use are Macs. Well, do they have the Mac logo? Because sometimes on yeah, they have the Mac logo. They have to hide the Mac logo because they couldn't get promotional. I, you know, I'd I'd love to know. I should ask someone in in the business that knows about this because you know it's it it, it, blow, it seems to blow hot and cold. It's either everyone has to drink fake beer yeah. and have cereal that where the where the label is kind of taped. Awesome. Over, so well, they all read the same well, newspaper fake, for the past twenty years, right? Or you like, for example, I was watching Bones. Wow. Of all things. That was your first And mistake. it's like, hold on, uh, I'll find that killer. Let me just log on to Bing and upload this to my SkyDrive. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Microsoft's all over this program. Yeah. So it seems like the, the old the old way is going away now. And it's more, and it's more about... Well, like, I blame some, Seinfeld for some, this. 
I, there was Jay Moore was in some sitcom. I think it's since been cancelled, but they were sitting around in some place and they were all eating, you know, new grilled KFC. Oh boy! And everything and all the and all the buckets were turned around perfectly, so like we could, you know, the label yeah, was yeah, dead on. It see was the like kernel. it was really That's uh, just being unimaginative and the the marketer having these requirements and not realizing it's hurting their brand it seems kind of okay in or unscripted shows like when they're on when when they're on american idol and they're all drinking coke it's like i get it they're a sponsor of the show i don't but, think they're really drinking coke in there well whatever you know but, paula, paula abdul was pretty sauced up most of the time it well seemed like. i mean i'm sure that was just her back medication acting up but oh, right um was her back medication vodka that's what, that's what yeah <laughs> it's absolute spinal yeah whatever it was um <laughs> But, you know, so it kind of feels like, yeah, I get it. This is a piece of entertainment and you've got corporate sponsors. I mean, this is how it's always been. Something, somehow when it's scripted entertainment, though, it seems kind of more like you're messing around with the integrity of the art. I don't know. It, it bugs me more do that they, Do they do this in Canada too, Matt? It's like, it's like the kids in the hall. Do they have Uncle Gord's Canadian back bacon? No. In there or not so much? No, not, not at all. Well, no, I mean, keep in mind, we don't – no. I'm just going to say no. <laughs> okay. Canada sounded better to me. It's much more pure up there. They don't yeah. go in for that corporate nonsense. Well, um, keep in mind, we also don't have a lot of original program. Well, not as, at least not as much original programming as you guys. Ah, uh, what are what are the what although, are the, what are the although popular- I should say, um, Canadian cartoons have a tendency to, and I think it's because they get funding from the Canadian government to make everything very overtly Canadian. So, like, you'll see an image of like you know the main character's house, and it'll have this inexplicable Canadian flag coming out of the top of it. Or like mm. they put Canadian – they basically put Canadian flags on it. So everything. it's basically like South Park. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean I so like the product placement stuff, I, I just kind of filtered it out at this point. There, there are some real bad offenders out there. Like the, the daytime TV stuff is especially bad. I know, I know everybody's probably seen that video at this point of somebody on like a soap opera sitting down and saying, hey, let's have some delicious Chex Mix. It, look, it's it's so crunchy and and salty. It's but this is I haven't had this in years. It's worse than the Truman Show. Well, oh, it's no, less I, overt, but more overt. I don't know the if Truman they can. I mean, you know, it bugs me if the product's just sitting there. I mean, you know, there's there, there has to be something there for realism yeah. anyway. Then if you can make some more money, then why not? But yeah, if you've got you know who you know who did this really really well 24. and show that it can be done. Okay, Thirty Rock. Oh, because they make lot, fun of it. They, they did it. They, they found fun ways to, to, oh, to play with it. You know, also The Wire, Verizon, and The Wire. Oh, did they, did they have Verizon, Verizon was in The Wire? Verizon a huge sponsor of The Wire. I remember, I remember Verizon pine, put phone booths were oh, everywhere. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, the other thing, the other, the other one that is real, that was up and down, like the best and the worst, was 24. Because 24, like the, like the ringtone for the 24 phones, the doot, 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 doot. Yeah. That's a Cisco ringtone. That is like the I don't know whether they, Cisco paid for that placement, right? But that is a if you have a Cisco phone system in I your want office a now, right? Then that is the ringtone. That is one of the ringtone choices. There are there are ways to do it elegantly. It's, it's, I don't think product placement is necessarily evil. There are smart ways to to do it and bad ways to do it. Well, and the worst is when like a character says, "Oh, I'm going to use my Windows Mobile 6.5 phone to upload this fingerprint to your mainframe. Open a port, Chloe." So, like I said, right? Twenty four, the best and the worst, right? Um, I don't I'd rather they have that though than the the writers writing stuff in and, and with technology that doesn't work at all. Like that. Well, they do that too. Episode oh, of House where the guy plays Prince of Persia, beats it, and then unlocks secret like code. That was uh, that wasn't House. That was Life. Oh yeah, 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 Life. Yeah. Oh yeah. That well, was the, very bad. The worst is when they use the product placement products to do something that's impossible. 
Mm. Like so they so they say, oh, here's my Windows Mobile smartphone. I'm going to upload this video. And this was three years ago when it was all GPRS. Still, and you're like, dude, it would take three days to upload a video over a Winmo 5.5. Smartphone. Yeah, but that but that's artistic license you've got to take, I suppose. But then then use a fake product so that you're like, oh, maybe they they have some sort of special Fed thing that nobody else has access to. Yeah, you know, I've been talking so long, my breath kind of sinks. I could really use a Mentos. <laughs> wow. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Mentos. It's the Fresh Maker. Okay, turn that off. Next question. Hastings in the UK, which is famous for two reasons. Hello, Tested. My name is Matt, and I come from Hastings in the UK, which is famous for two reasons. One, for being the place where the Battle of Ted 66 took place, and two, for having the highest teen pregnancy rate in the whole of Europe. My question is about tablets. I'm looking to purchase either an iPad or an Android tablet for around 400 to 450 pounds. I already own an Android phone and an iPod Touch with large libraries of apps on both, including over 150 games on iOS. I will be using this tablet for checking Google Mail, Hotmail, Twitter, Facebook, and web browsing, so capacity is not an issue. Also, the type of websites I look at are BBC News, Gawker, Engadget, Whiskey Media, of course, and other blogs. I've been looking at the Asus ePad Transformer. It seems nice, and is similarly priced to the iPad 2, but I've read on Android forums that the Honeycomb browser can be temperamental. However, it does display websites well. So my question is, based on the web browsing experience and the native apps for Twitter, Facebook, Gmail, and Hotmail for, for Honeycomb and iOS, which would you recommend, the iPad or a, or a Honeycomb device? And if it's Android, which tablet device? Samsung have a few decent ones, and I've also heard good things about the LG Slate. Okay, thank you. Bye. Don't iPad, get the LG iPad, Slate. iPad. Don't, I, no, don't buy a tablet right now. It's the worst time to buy a tablet. I, yeah, I would. If I was in the market for a tablet right now, iPad aside, if, yeah. I was, if, you, had, if it had to be Android, I would, I would wait. Unless I had to have it. No, right no away, even that. Wait. This is the worst time to buy a tablet unless you absolutely have to buy a tablet. You're the worst time to buy it. Why is it now the worst time to buy a tablet? Okay, okay We're not going to see a new iPad until March. You said this last time I was on the podcast. There's never yeah. a good time to buy a tablet. Yeah, just don't buy a tablet. For, for Android, <laughs> you have the new Samsung tablets coming out in a couple months. Wait, did he say why an iPad wasn't an option? No, the iPad's an option. No, he, said, he said the iPad, iPad was 2 an is an option. option. Yeah, just he has buy, Just buy yeah. an iPad 2. That's what I said. It's the best tablet. I don't think it, he's going to regret it so much when the iPad 3 comes out. Well, yeah, but it's you can be say that of anything. The iPad 2 is fairly new. It's not even mid-cycle yet. Right. It's three months old, dude. Two months old. The answer to the question, person from Hastings, is buy an iPad 2. If he's seriously considering, wants to seriously consider an Android tablet or even another uh, another OS, he needs to wait. If he doesn't want to seriously consider those options, then get an iPad too. No, that's uh. that's the more complex answer. Buy an iPad too. If for some reason you 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 want an Android tablet, wait. Because he because says he's already invested in that ecosystem. He has an Android, but he's invested in both ecosystems. I know he's, but he wants to seriously consider both. And I don't think it's fair to consider them both right now, unless you really need a tablet right now. Here's the you're thing: you're also going to get WebOS soon. Oh and boy. I think Playbook's going to be more interesting in a couple months. Those are still pretty far away, but Android, even in the next month and a half, you're going to see many more devices. I would say don't consider the LG Slate. Those, that 3D camera is crap. Um, and the Transformer, we haven't had it yet, so we can't really – I think you know, the, um, you've got the Amazon tablet, which I think is real and I think is yeah. going to be a big deal. I would buy an iPad. Just buy an iPad too, dude. Just I mean that, that's the thing. Right now, the the from an app standpoint, from the browser's not the best, but it's fine for browsing mainstream websites because everybody's optimizing for them now, except for us. Uh, you know, iPad is what I would recommend if you're if you want to buy a tablet. Today. Yeah, when's Tested going to have a mobile site? 
Are you fucking kidding me? That annoys me. We have a mobile site. No, not on my phone. You don't. M.tested.com. Wait, but why doesn't it detect it and go there? Because that's annoying. No, it's not. It's, yes, it's no. helpfully annoying. Huh? It's annoying. It's annoying. Well, what's annoying is me having to go in and type m.tested.com. Make, there's, have you heard of bookmarks, Gary? There's this technology. You can tell it to save a site. It'll even save a little icon on your home screen, which you should do. I'm going to replace your phone icon with a tested icon. Okay. I don't know phone icons on iOS. There's a call like, icon. There's no contacts. There's no Gary icon. No, I said his phone icon. Oh, you replace his phone. You icon. can't yeah. replace that though. You can't take that I'll off. Just the put dock. it in a folder someplace. Wait, can't, deep. can't move it. You can't take it off the dock. Nope. Really? Uh, wait, hold on. Maybe the phone icon. You You're can. incorrect, sir. Hold on. Wait. I'm gonna do it and make my iPhone make my things jiggle. Okay. Yeah, you can move. <laughs> yeah, it. you can move it. Okay. All right. I stand correct. You can hide it in a folder. Yeah, I'm gonna hide it in a folder. I'm gonna hide it in the Apple crap I never use with stocks and. Uh, and uh, something else that I can't think of right now. Okay. Right, next question. One more question. Which one should I pick? Stocks and contacts. Hey, tested crew. Oh, Cow God here. I'd like you guys to pursue TV Quest 2011, but with a twist. I want an HDTV for my primary PC monitor. I'm not considering a high-resolution 30-inch display because it requires a crazy powerful video card, and I'm still rocking an 8800 GT, which I don't plan on upgrading anytime soon. I know I want 1920 by 1080 resolution, a low refresh rate, and a DVI or HDMI input, but outside of that, how do I shop for an HDTV that will make a kick-ass PC display? Thanks, guys, and keep up the awesome work. Hmm. It's a good question, but no hometown uh, trivia. Yeah, yeah question is discarded. Invalidated. Uh, LCD, don't get plasma. Um, I don't think you want lower refresh rate. You want, you want high refresh, refresh rate. rate. Yeah. Um, and also make sure the viewing angle is going to be good because the bigger a TV is and the closer you sit to it, uh, the, yeah. the, the lighting, you want like you, you want to be too bright. I mean, here, here, burn. here's the, the important thing to look at too is like, is to load up some text on it because TVs are optimized for different things than font rendering. So you'll want to definitely do like the clear type sub pixel optimizers and all that stuff when you set it up. That, that helps that stuff. TVs, especially if you're sitting relatively close to them, are not awesome as computer monitors. Yeah. And you had to definitely enable that game mode. Or make sure there's yeah no, the high the no low post processing yeah well I, I I would take exception to that because uh, I was working on a movie a couple of years ago where uh, the director had as his monitor on his desk a like a forty six inch Bravia yeah. and he's running his Mac on yeah, it, it looks that's fantastic. like a two thousand dollar TV at yeah the but time it looked too. great yeah but how far away was he sitting too he was sitting right there it was like right he's just like as close as you are to your monitor right now it looked terrific oh. loved it okay well it's too much. No, I, I mean, I think it's fine. I think you just have to make sure you know. You have to know going in that that it's not. It's not like it's not that awesome at fine text. The probably might be different because that is a crazy expensive TV. Yeah, too. I mean, if you're buying, if you're going out and buying a, a five five hundred dollar Vizio, then that's a little different than buying a fifteen. Yeah, I mean, I think he had the studio buy it for him, so it was right. So it was free. Pricing wasn't an issue. Right. Free goes a long way. Gary. Yes, it does. Uh, that'll do it for questions this week. Podcastingtester.com. All the other stuff applies. No WMAs. Uh, I'm going to play – I guess that does it for us this week except for uh, – well, stay tuned for fake outtakes for Matt Braga from Canada, Gary Witta from England slash San Francisco, Norman Chan from San Francisco, and myself, Will Smith. Thanks for listening. We will see you guys next week. Stay tuned for fake outtakes. I'm playing music now. Hi there. I didn't see you. Test it. Look, that pig has wheels. Oh, no, 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 no. That's it. Uh...
Matt joining us for this segment, or is he gone? Uh, no, Matt's oh, still here. there. Okay. Uh, what do you guys think about um, stuff? Things. Well, I, I wanted to continue a thread from earlier. What are the popular TV shows in Canada, like the homegrown ones? Degrassi. Oh, well, no, I mean, uh, yeah, obviously well, no. those are the ones you want to throw, but like the ones that are stuff actually, on the end. Wait, is Degrassi still being made, or is that done? I I think it's still being made. Oh, good um, for them. It's we good. we had uh, we had Corner Gas for a while, although that ended. Um, which yeah. I think it, did that get picked up in the U.S.? Did anyone did anyone watch that? I think no, I've never heard, heard of it. that. Never Isn't there some kind of like terrorist uh, SWAT little team mosque type on the thing oh, that's very popular? Right, because they did a, um, they showed that here actually. Little Mosque on the Prairie, really? Little Mosque on the Prairie is made by the CBC. Yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. Um, it's wow. a comedy. Um, yeah. <laughs> Does the sister go blind at the end? <laughs> I have never watched an episode. I have no clue. Um, no, the one that Gary's talking about, that one's... Um, Flashpoint, is that it? Flashpoint, yep, Flashpoint. That's it. That's what's supposed to be Flashpoint. good. It's supposed to be really, really good. Yeah, they actually, Canadian that's, 24. A, that's actually one of the only Canadian shows that they actually import here and show on a US oh. network television. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. yeah As opposed it's, to we just filming stuff there and then... Right, and then broadcasting it here, and, but yeah. they can't download it there. I, the one time I went to Vancouver, I was working on a on a film there, and they put me up in this hotel. I, I was Vancouver. watching Canadian television, yeah, and it was I don't know something about it was just off. Like it's they're speaking the same language, yeah, and they're showing some, <laughs> they're showing American television and Canadian shows together, yeah, but like there was something just the frame it, rate was different or something. Yeah, you know, you remember, like, you remember, like in, in They Live with the pirate broadcast, and like, if you watch it for too long, you start to get a headache. Yeah, it was like that. It was like there's something. <laughs> There was something bizarre about it. I, I just couldn't put my finger There's on it. There's a like, lot of that in Canada, actually. I would have been more comfortable with, like, you know, if you go to, like, Morocco or something, and they're, like, showing, like, crazy-ass Moroccan television. Oh, this yeah. is crazy-ass Moroccan Lots television. Lots of ululating. This, this is what I would expect to see in Morocco. You know... But, some, like, in Canada, it's, like, it kind of... It, it's kind of is and it isn't. It's just... It's going to be a weird place. Well, when I went... Freak me out. I, I love Vancouver. It's one of my favorite cities in the world. Uh, but I went to Whistler a few years ago. My mind was blown when I found that the Best Western is a nice hotel in Canada. And oh, no in fact, way. The best in the world. I do not believe this. It's best decent. West- it's decent. No. I, I no, one of the it, best. It, hold on. Are you going to tell me Econolodge is like no. luxury no, no, no. suites there? <laughs> no. Uh, I will say that I had one of the <laughs> yeah, best. You walk in and Econolodge is like the Four Seasons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I ate it. I ate it. Not a rest- quite that good. And the Four Seasons is like Super 8. Right. <laughs> it's uh, just the three seasons. They couldn't afford spring. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's I, only one season. It's winter all the time in <laughs> Canada. <laughs> I, uh, I I ate a meal in the basement of a Best Western at Whistler that was that a had the best wine cellar I think I've ever seen, and b was an astounding meal, like a top top five, top ten meal of my life. Yeah. Keep in mind that's Whistler too. I mean, Whistler is is definitely pretty high end. Okay, but still, it was a fucking Best Western, dude. Yeah, here, no, I know, I know. Here you you have an extra fee to pay for the deloused rooms. Do you know what I would really, really love? What would you love? If if Canada or another nearby country like Mexico? Was, was like we only have two really was was like Westeros, like Game of Thrones land. Like you could go there and it's like medieval shit and people are still <laughs> carrying swords and running around on horses and, and going into inns for like flagons of mead and stuff. Ooh. And you know, traveling salesmen on like weird carts yeah, and yeah. things and knights walking around. But so like Renfair, but it's like real and all the time. Like that you say the wrong brilliant. thing and somebody chops your head off? I think Canada should rebrand itself that way. As Old Canada with an E? Yes, Old Canadia. Old Canadia. You know, well, we buy, already buy have like no technology. So, I mean, it's. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it wouldn't even be like halfway people. there. It, yeah. Exactly. You just need to get rid of the cars. It's all thatched roofs and. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> 
it, this you know is what? just it's to make sure it, the last few Canadian listeners that might still be sticking yeah. around. This yeah. will get rid it's of It's like them. the episode of South Park where they go to the old timey town and everyone has to stay in character. Oh, in the terrace? Yes. 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 We, we, we should have one of those. Reality. We should open one of those, but like be Canadian. Well, speaking of theme parks, have you guys seen the thing about the Star Trek theme park that they're planning yes, for Jordan? Yes, Jordan. What? I'm going. What? Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. I don't know about this. They're building the 24th century in Jordan. Oh, yeah. Tell me more. Because they have so much money, they can actually afford to create the future there. Jordan the country. No, some dude like, called Jordan. Yeah, it's 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 called Air Jordan. <laughs> it's the Michael here. Jordan slash Star Trek theme experience. Wait, what? Yes, explain this yes. to me. Only only in I, the Middle East is this possible, where they've got so much money that they can do crazy shit Although that's shit not like really this. the... I mean, that's kind of gone sideways in Dubai, like which is the traditional home of this kind of lunacy. Yeah, it's all gone horribly wrong in Dubai. Right, because they, they built the biggest building in the world by a substantial margin. Yeah, and they can't put any And then they it. had to name it after another country because they had to go get a bailout for it. Yes. Yeah, and I think it's still at like 5% occupancy or something. Yep. But no, like check this out. Look, look, Star Trek Land. Brilliant. Yeah. That's the actual I name, think we Star have, Trek Well, Land. no, I, I don't know what it's going to be called, but like they – I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Like you see this all the time. Some There's an artist rendering. Abu Dhabi or something. I would like to see this artist rendering. This, I mean, didn't we hear about this Warcraft theme part they were going to build in China? Well, it was like a rip-off Warcraft. Year? Oh, it wasn't park. legit? Completely. Oh, hard. in that case, I don't oh, want to go there. They need to recreate San Francisco and have Starfleet Academy. That's, also, what, that's what this is. And also have a, like, uh, a life-size Voyager, because Voyager's is immortal. Is, is, in the, is in, in the Presidio in the Museum. Presidio. That's right. It's a museum. Right. Oh, they need to have that. Really? Voyager's immortalized? This is yeah. the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, not the, re- not the oh. old one. So this is, this is floating motorcycles, robot cops. Uh, you know, Ford you know the robot the cop actually was it's all CG head because they actually had a guy's face there and they put a they put the mask on the mask on because they wanted to look more futuristic. You know, yeah. it'd be fantastic if the rules of science were like, that anything is possible if you just throw enough money at it. So like it, that, it, that's, that is the rules theme, of science. If this theme park actually had working replicators and transporters and stuff because they could just afford it, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be brilliant. Or to simulate it by having you know. Underground facilities and guys just like a shoot. No, they did that in Vegas already. The fake transporting that was fun, but like you know, I want actual you know warp speed and stuff. Sounds like they just spend. Have you guys seen that TV show? There was a TV show. Um, it's not produced by a Sci Fi Channel, but it's like a Sci Fi show, and this Japanese guy like basically goes around the world explaining how um science fiction technologies can be real. Yes, I'm familiar with that guy. Yeah, he wrote a book called Physics of the Impossible. That's the one. Yeah, Yeah, there's there's two seasons of the show. If you haven't seen it. Find it somewhere. What is it this? Is awesome. I was fact checking and thus killing the podcast. <laughs> is it so, is I they, are they actually going to build this the, thing, or is this like the freedom ship that they never built? It, this is unclear. Freedom. Do you remember the freedom ship? No. What was the freedom Google ship? freedom ship? Oh god. <laughs> oh my god. They built. Well, they were going to build this boat that was like. I mean, it was ridiculous. Whoa. Whoa. Oh yes. I don't know if the website is still there. Oh right. Wow. Remember this thing. Anyone who's listening, no. just, yeah. anyone who's listening to the podcast and wants to play along, just needs to Google the words "freedom ship." Is this what they made? And you will uh, be stunned. Is this what Brink is the based city on? City at sea. No, <laughs> Brink is, has the ark that floated Look at that away. Thing. This is the stupidest idea ever. It's it's, it's Die Hard Five <laughs> waiting to happen. <laughs> this is this is Nakatomi, Speed Three. The they should just call it. Yeah. The, they should just call it the hubris. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and get get it over with. <laughs> The folly of are man. They still, the folly are they, of man. Are they still tr- saying they're going to do it? Is the official site still there? This is the official this site. Has been around oh, for, this has been route. around for many years. You'll note they avoid Somalia. <laughs> well, no, this, I mean, this, this thing has like its own Navy SEAL team and stuff. I mean, this is just ridiculous. This is like a floating city state. It looks so terribly designed. Like, 
How tall is it? What's the scale here? Well, look, I mean, it's like a, it looks like a 10-story building. It, it's a 10-story building on water. Yes, all, all floating the around. Yeah. They've got uh, – you can, you can, you can live on this thing. Google image search. Poor Matt Braga is trying to jump in and it's impossible. Sorry. He's, he's you guys are cutting out so I don't away. mean to speak over you. Yeah, do, do, do the image search because they've got some pretty amazing close-up images. Jeez. They were actually selling apartments on this thing a while ago. You could give them your money. That's money well spent. Oh, yes. Man. Along with your Duke wow. Nukem. Do you know uh, – there was an article in Wired I think two issues ago about this guy selling condos, underground condos. And he's like <laughs> – he bought a missile silo. Yeah, I love that. And he no, that's an old, that's an old one. Yeah, and he he refurbished the missile silo, so it's like it's uh, yeah, it's like post-apocalyptic survival facility, Um, and you can buy like rooms and condos there. This, I mean, this is basically rapture, except above the water. (laughs) Well, (laughs) so you're saying this is the Bioshock Infinity? Yes, this is Bioshock on. This is like so they do Bioshock under the water, and they're doing Bioshock in the air. Yeah, this is basically Bioshock three. Except it's already happening for real. They're Except calling it's it Bioshock not. 3, three split never gonna, the difference. What do you think it would cost to build that ship? Eh, like 50, 60 bucks. I think, I think it would cost uh, $500 million. No. Estimates you're, 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 $11 billion. You're in the billions. Billion? Wow. $11 billion. $11 billion? It costs about $500 million to build an aircraft carrier. This thing is like the size of 50 aircraft carriers. Yeah. It costs more than uh, aircraft carriers are billion dollar. That's what I'm saying. This yeah. is this is $11 billion. Yes. The latest update probably. to the website was a press release explaining the difficulty of obtaining reliable financial backing. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. 2008. <laughs> oh, if, if you were Bill Gates or Warren Buffett, though, or something, wouldn't you kind of want to do it just to say fuck you to everybody? <laughs> Look what I can do. Look at yeah, it. Yeah, but they're giving away all their wealth. This is why you're not Warren Buffett or Bill Gates. I, oh, the good I could right. do if I was, though. And by the, and by, and by the, good, you mean evil. No, by, no, by the good, I mean the good just personally for myself. Right, if Probably had, at the expense of many others. Gary, if you had $11 billion, dollars, you would invest like $10,999,999,950 okay. for this and then other $50 paying me not to eat for a day. Yes, that's right. <laughs> if I built that ship, though, I would, like, I would declare it a sovereign nation and I would have my own laws and government as me as the king and the whole thing. I mean, it would be great. You can come live on my ship oh, for free, I, I, I but you are, citizen, you are subject to my laws. Would, this, would you call yourself the Gare Emperor? Summary judgment uh. at all times. Uh, so this was supposed to be a mile in length with the two football pitches. Fucking English. <laughs> 25 stories high. Uh, 25 stories high. 25 stories that's high. That's 250 feet. How does it not topple over? Well, it's I mean, probably like 25 iceberg. stories deep, too. Yeah, that's the thing. You've got to have a massive underside. <laughs> right. So, like, people you don't like have to live in the bowels of that, the I, ship. Th- this, this is what's missing now is, amb- like, ambition. Like, you know what? This is a bad example, but, like, where's today's Titanic? <laughs> <laughs> like, right, no, the Titanic was incredible right up to the point where it sank. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. It's a Royal Caribbean cruise liner. It holds 6,000 people, and it's where you go if you want to get some really nasty, you know, and viral well, infection I mean, in your I mean, stomach. The Queen Mary, too, is actually is real, and that is an unbelievable yes. ship. Yes. I mean, it's just not as ridiculously huge as the Freedom Ship. Well, so the Freedom Ship, you know what the Freedom Ship reminds me of? It reminds me of the Wally ship. Oh, the Axiom? It's the cupcake mm. on a cup, the Axiom, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what this is. Yeah. They have an is. electric tram system and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm no, I have no interest in this. You know Why what not? I do have interest in? What? The fact that the world, the universe is really two-dimensional and everything oh that we perceive God. as three-dimensional this, is just no, holograms. No, do not what, care. What's he going on? Are we yeah, talking about Time Cube? Time Cube. Do, do, do not care. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. You guys are no fun. 
Uh, I've had to go to the bathroom for the past 45 minutes. So, well, I guess that's the sign to wrap this up then. Uh, I was going to ask, do you guys watch How I Met Your Mother? You do. Still, yeah, I do. Right? No. I haven't seen the finale though, but I, I've, I've been keeping up. I don't watch it. No. I, I, I watch a lot of it kind shit. Kind of defines my life. I just I, so I signed up for Hulu Plus. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is kind is kind of good and kind of bad that in some ways. Though. It's they, 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 they I haven't paid anything yet because they added an extra free month if you sign oh, okay. up. So I'm still on the freebie. The ads are not bad. Well, like, they're targeted. They're, at least. It's fewer ads than on television. Yeah. And I actually like the fact that it tells you how long it'll be before the program comes back. I wish they did that in regular television. So you have like a, a bathroom timer. Like, do I have time to go make a cup of tea or something? Right. Um. And there's some good things about it. Like, for example, Bachelorette, not premiering on ABC until Monday, but Ugh. you can watch it right now on Hulu+. Plus. That's the, this, you are the problem with America today. Wrong. You, you watch the fucking Bachelorette? I do. Oh, I was God. hooked to last year's season. Okay, so my wife watches Celebrity Apprentice and got me roped into that. So I, do I. I just enjoyed the insane Little John. Oh, yeah, Little John. John Rich. John Rich uh, was Slash great. Star Jones dynamic. Oh, yeah, it's terrific. Meanie. But... <sighs> Gary Busey? Come Gary, on. I, mi- I stopped watching, started watching after Gary Busey was already oh, gone. You missed all the best stuff. Yeah. It's like, I, I just feel bad. I feel guilty every time I watch that shit. It's hey, terrible. Hey, ABC actually has a new show coming on that you might like. It looked like an, uh, like an amazing race ripoff. Ooh. It's called Expedition Impossible. Oh. And it looks like the same thing as Amazing Race, but it's like in one country. And there's more no, like repelling no. down. See, no, no, cliffs that, and that requires like physical stuff. Yeah, no. We're more about the. Do you look? Do you see me? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> I could probably ride a bicycle. The, the for rules like 10 say minutes. I got to do five challenges, and Will's do five challenges. Oh no, you'd have right. to be much more physically fit for this. So I have to yeah. do what all a, the eating challenges. What about the NBC one where it's like couples falling in love in the jungle and stuff? Right. And no, 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 also, also does not apply to us. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. Who knows? But literally, you don't know. weird things happen in the jungle. Literally, the NBC in, in deep isolation. The NBC summer reality lineup is, is like it seems like people were sitting around in a room and were like, "Hey, what? What? Ha- what if we send people who might be in love into a jungle? What if we make a game show where when they get the answer wrong, a trapdoor drops and sends them into an illusion? Summer tank. shows are the worst, the absolute worst, except for Big Brother. No, well. No, there's some I, good I shows. Like, there are some good shows. The on sitcoms the that come on during oh. the summer season, that David Spade show, so terrible. Sixth season renewed. I like Bachelor. Yeah, I like I like the dating type shows. Ugh, what's wrong with that? I just think I, the thing is, I like reality shows where people are really good at stuff, and the dating shows are just where people are really good at being well, dumb, really good at being assholes. Yeah, they are idiots. Yeah, or kind of man whores frequently too. Oh yeah. Yeah, the Bachelorette I just don't get. Like the Bachelor, I understand because that's the that's the male fantasy, oh right? God. But the Bachelorette just makes no sense at all to me because I don't think any woman really wants the attention of twenty five dudes. No, you're, I think I they think do. You're wrong. Really? That's not. Yeah. Ugh. I guess that was a gross generalization. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a gang bang. I mean, you know, it's you know, she's going on. She's, she's going on. That's nice, the HBO version. She's, yeah, she's going on nice, nice dates, elegant dates with these dudes, and oh she gets to pick. Oh. Uh. Oh my god! I like my kitties not exploding, so let's finish the show. Okay, see, we'll you, guys see you guys next week. week. Matt, thank you.